Paris. Bam, we're live. Be honest. What's up? You think, you think I look like a dyke? By dyke, I don't mean one of those things that holds back water. No, no, no. Do you not like it? I think you are uh, amongst the people in my life I've met who can um, pull off the most variety of looks. Look at that. I see it. Oh, I see it. <laughs> Caleb, he's holding back. No, he's holding, is he? He's holding back. Okay, uh, listen, I'm here with Brian Friend. I'm here with my new haircut, new-ish. I mean, it's a vault. I got a pair of clippers. I'm just slowly just whittling away at this thing. Uh, Ken, good to see you too, buddy. Ken Walters. Okay. A shirtless Ken. Uh, Barry's here to see uh, Brian, of course. Uh, what, what is this thing? What is this? Oh, I've seen that before. Barrett KC43. I smell weed. Not here. Oh, so a skunk got hit in front of my house today. And the, my whole yard has smelled like weed all day. Uh, Greg C. Uh, caring about useless sports just to listen to Sevon and Brian Banter. Smart enough. Uh, please just don't touch yourself. Don't. What's that called? Don't pleasure yourself to uh, the f deep, fine baritones of Brian Friend. Uh, um, Barry McCockner. Hello, Sarah. Oh, where's Sarah? Oh, Sarah Cooper. There she is. Okay. Uh, Mooney uh, always deserves. Oh, we used to see your face. You had a round face. Now we see your ass. Uh, finally able to catch a live been on vacation and it's Frisbee show. Okay, here we go. Olivia, hi. Uh, the burpee dude. I still love you. Okay, good. Some new people oh, here. And we got someone, one of our uh, regular hostiles. Bam, I'm here for a while uh, before pickleball. I, I, I knew. I just knew it was going to be hostile from him. Uh, how much does C7 uh, toss a Frisbee now? Where would I toss it? I'll toss. I'll toss. I'll go. Well, did I tell you what happened? I told you what happened, Brian, right? My neighbor you should locked do the off whole show with that profile view. Let's look to the side again. It says a little more, a little more. I want to see the bottom of your hair. Oh, yeah, that's just that's just great. <laughs> Is that a mullet? Look, it's kind of a mullet. It's getting weird. It's getting it's weird. I, I, I fucked with it today. I got yelled at today by my wife. My wife almost never yells at me because I we have a guest bathroom and I shaved my head. Like we have a main house bathroom that anyone uses. And then we have the kids bathroom and my bathroom. And I cut my hair for the second time in the like the main house bathroom. She's like, don't do that. No one wants to see your gross hair around. Like, and I got just drilled. I, I should do them. I'm more mullet than man bun. But okay. Uh, listen, um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited that we're doing this show. This is the uh, fourth of 15 stop. Oh shit. When I go like that, you can see it. This is the fourth of 15 stops that the, um, do, do they have an, a an acronym for, a disc golf pro tour, DGPT. DGPT. A disc golf pro tour. This is the fourth of uh, 15 stops that they're doing this year. And I thought we were going to miss it. And um, Brian had a, a busy week. And then, and then there was a week off. And then the fifth tour happened today. The fifth stop happened today. And so I thought we were just going to skip the fourth. But no. We don't skip anything with Brian around. We are very thorough. So we're going back. This is from two weeks ago. This is uh, we're going to go over the uh, event that had the, the greatest uh, frisbee golfers in the world in attendance, except for the greatest. I didn't see the greatest there. Was he there? Who is that? Uh, <clears throat> Paul Macbeth. Oh yes, funny you should say that. Yes, Paul Macbeth was Paul Macbeth there. I would say well, Paul Macbeth was there. Yes, 
Oh but shit! So he wasn't in the lead card or the chase card. He finished tied for twenty fifth. And I would and I would say that currently, he's not he is not the best player in the world right now, and um, not even probably in the top five. Okay, so uh, two two things you should know that that I've learned from Brian already from the first four shows we've done. Paul McBeth, six time world champion, considered by many to be the best ever who did the game. That being said, this game is evolving at a crazy high speed still. And uh, and so you never know. I mean, it's it's like CrossFit, really. A guy could come in next year and be the best frisbee golfer who ever lived. I mean, it, it it's 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 uh it's like that. Yeah, I mean the uh, right at this moment, I think that Gannon Burr, who's 18 years old, is the highest rated player in the world. And there are a lot of players that are 16 through 20 years old that are becoming more and more relevant at the highest level of the sport. And, and it's um, it's you know it's similar to the females in CrossFit, where there's just this young generation that's coming up, and they are extremely relevant, not just not just in local competitions, but at the best competitions in the world. Uh, no hair gel, Barry. No, there's no hair gel in here. This is just a thick, dirty hair pulled back into a man bun. I said it. Uh, did Happy Gilmore uh, make the cut? They do got a guy. They got a guy. Caleb played the clip once. Who wants to go toe to toe? They do got a guy. I really wish he, this guy would make it in the chase card or the lead card every week. I, I'm a huge fan. He stepped up to a ref once, and it was just ridiculous how he did it. He stepped up to the, into this ref's face and yelled at him, and then told the ref to walk away. I mean, it was it was like it was like sitcom shit, right? Yeah, and it's I mean, it's in his it's in character for him, but for anyone else, it's like what. Uh, uh, um, Jeremy, uh, Garcia, what, what are you fiddling there? Is that a broken egg or are you petting a cat? I can't tell what that is. Uh, these disc shows are like if call in college, Sevon is trying to take a girl home from the bar. Oh shit. That's not good. Wildly successful. No <laughs> clumsy, drunk, stupid, and smelly. Uh, Sevon looks 10 years younger. Wait till I wait till I trim my shit up. Uh, extra sloppy, Brian. Tell us about your new venture real quick. Fine. Let's do it. Uh, there is a new website uh, called brianfriendcrossfit.com. No. Oh. The website's not launched yet. You can go to the Instagram. It's Be Friendly Fitness. And I think we'll have more time to talk about it. But And is, is, are there any dots or underscores or anything, or is it just Be Friendly Fitness? I think it's that. The Instagram? And okay. Be fr- yeah, it's just Be Friendly Fitness. I, I'm pretty sure the website is BeFriendlyFitness.com. I have, we actually have a meeting tomorrow with the designer, and I'm going to get the first look at the website, and then it's going to launch on May 1st. Oh, that's cool. Congratulations. That's fun. Oh, that looks good. Okay. I really like it. Oh, good. No underscores or dots or anything stupid like that. That's good. All right. Oh, I, I'm going to follow that right now. Be Friendly. Don't feel obligated, Caleb, to follow it. Oh, Caleb, I just told you don't. It's, it's not my account, so. Oh, awesome. <laughs> hey, listen, something you should also know, um, be friendly. Okay. Here I'll go. say this. The, 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 there are a lot of nuances to what we'll be doing, but the primary motive behind this is to have one place where you can get my content in a hopefully a very easy-to-access um, manner. 
but not not as you won't get any of his great podcasts unless you come here. You can watch Brian practice doing podcasts with other people, but if you want to watch his best shit, it'll always be here in the. Well, I mean, there will be a section to. Uh, on the website that references all my past work and it'll, you know, so if you want to see any of the stuff that I did while I was at morning chalk up or bar bend or South China morning post, or a couple articles I've written with barbell spin, there'll also be some stuff that, that links to podcasts that I've done in the past, both personal and professional. And obviously some on podcast, there's a ton and it'll be towards the top of the, it'll be at the top of the list. And there will also be a, a section of the website that's, um, for disc golf where you, you know and it'll direct to the archive of all of our disc golf shows and eventually have some content about disc golf as well amuni i have been through this seven losing brian thing <laughs> so many fucking times i'm just it's it's like it's just uh i'm being tested by by the buddha all things must change uh does uh does seven own exclusive rights to brian via podcast content i'm gonna tell you the truth about that we made a deal that he would during the weeks of competition, um, um, he would only do my podcast. And then he, and then when I brought it up to him later, he said he forgot. He doesn't remember. He so so it's my word against his. So no, I don't have any fucking exclusivity. He he thinks what I pay him is like a donation. It, it, it's a t- it's a tumultuous. You guys should start a Reddit thread. It's a tumultuous relationship. The hostilities between Mister Friend and I. Yeah, and yeah, and I am going to do that. Seven. When is the Sevon Network starting? Yeah, right. Exactly. As soon as Don Lemon gets fired, and I can hire Don Lemon, we're on. I know. Of course, we're fucking amazing as a team. Me and Brian are like a straight guy and a straight girl coming together. Rare these days. Special powers. We can make babies. Um, this is an incredible thing, Brian. The when Brian introduced me to uh, Frisbee golf just four shows ago uh, um, to, to the, you know, the professional Frisbee golf, one of the things he said is that pretty much the lead card is, is the card to watch. Do you want to talk about that and how things have gotten a little squirrely this year, Brian? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been the most competitive start to a season that we've ever had or that they have ever had because there are in, in nearly every tournament this year, there have been half a dozen to a dozen players within two strokes of the lead coming into the final day. That means that you have two to three cards worth of players. And usually, I mean, it's pretty difficult to follow 12 players around the course. And it's, and there's only, there's two pros production companies at almost all these competitions and they're following either the lead card or the chase card. And so you can watch those after the fact, if you don't have access to the live disc golf network, but if so, the winner comes off of the third card, I mean, there could be a situation that arises where we don't even have the footage of the eventual winner of the tournament. And I think that that is a reality that, you know, the organizers of competitions and the purveyors of, of how people can digest this content need to think about because there have been several winners already this year from the chase card, like a record setting number um, and some threats from that third card as well. In fact, in one tournament, there was a guy from the fifth card that was threatening to win for like 75 percent of the last round. Who is that from the fifth card? Uh, his name is Austin Turner. He's playing. Oh. At, he's playing as the best lefty right now in the in the tour and um we feature had... austin a bit in this show today okay excellent um and, and so just so you guys just to um uh, define a couple of things for you the cards are groups of four the players play in groups of four and then so the camera follows groups of four guys and the lead card is the best four who the four players who are currently in the lead and the chase car is chase card is are the uh four players who are in fifth sixth seventh and eighth 
what Brian is all, but there's how many, how many guys um, entered this tournament? A hundred. Yeah. It's usually, I mean, it can be as much as 160. This one was, uh, there were 111 players at the start of play. Uh, question here, uh, Nick Schroeder, why don't they reseed? I think they do after every 18, right? Yeah. So there are, or is it every variety, nine? Uh, after every round, every 18. So okay. the, the first day you get assigned a tee time and there are two featured cards. And usually it's like the past champion, maybe like whatever. There's different criteria for the top lead card. And then they just select four players that are, you know, well-known or pretty good or playing hot or whatever to be on the other one. So it's kind of random on day one. And, but on day two, the top four players from the previous day, play, they have the last tee time and the bottom, the worst, the worst four players tee off early in the morning and everyone in between falls in line. And so it, basically the, the reason why this is happening is so many people are getting the same scores. So, so it, d- it doesn't even matter at, at, at what, which point you're receding them. You, you know, you're going into the last 18 um, baskets and there's uh, 10 guys who are uh, minus 20 or, or minus 15, minus 17. Mm-hmm. So, so that the, there's a problem, right? I mean, it's a you good, more I'd say it's a good problem. But, yeah, it's a great problem. Uh, the, the competition is very legitimate. There are a ton of players that you feel like can can definitely win, and and there's also, um, you know, even of the players that you think about that could win prior to the tournament, it seems like every tournament there's one or two guys that you weren't thinking had a chance to win that just have an incredible weekend, and they're right there in the mix. Uh, um, Mike uh, Litteris, uh just got here. Glad to see Brian's live. What are you talking about? Brian's been with you for a week, uh, Mike Litteris. Okay. Uh, <laughs> How we do it? Uh, there's a golf network. Where was I when all this happened? Now, I, I'm I before Brian answers this, I'm gonna guess that they use the term golf net golf network very loosely. That this is like some this isn't oh, no. a real network. Oh, oh, this is the it's called the Disc Golf Network. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, it's basically an app. Um, and but they can, don't have a station on Directv like 1074 isn't the Disc Golf Network. No, you have to pay. You have to pay for a subscription to it. But it's on an app. It's not, it's not, they don't have a cable channel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I think it costs 50 bucks for the year, something like that. What is that? $12.99 for what? To subscribe? That can't be right. A month. Oh, $129 annual. annual. $12.99 a month. Yeah. Um, it's actually and gone you, up. And in, you've subscribed. Price. Right? I am subscribed to it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there are, they, you can watch all of the Disc Golf Pro Tour stops. And most of the major championship stops and and the Silver Tour Series stops on the Disc Golf Network. They also produce some documentaries um, featuring certain players or telling some stories about Disc Golf's history or whatever. So they, they're, they're trying to build up some other things that make available to their members, other people who subscribe. Um, occasionally, they also have free streaming. The Disc Golf Network will will stream uh one of the rounds usually the first round free on youtube so you could like if you if you go to watch a the male the men's lead car you know the men's final round it's like three or four hours long depending on the course that three or four hour on friday the first day is free on youtube as well so you can kind of there's like a way for you to see what what you'd be getting if you paid for it and then if you want to pay pay for it to watch it live over the weekend you can't listen nick listen listen you quit we're not going to solve their uh, media problems on this show. This, this, you stop. You've you've reached your limit of questions, and now you can only make jokes. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, extra sloppy. Uh, they're probably. 
this isn't nice, but we might as well let it fly. Extra sloppy, uh, probably like morning chalk up is for CrossFit, like the most legitimate media in the space. He's he's Brian. Do you want to? Uh, do you have a response to that? Is is the golf network like the morning chalk up? I don't see the parallel. Okay, good. I do, but um, but since Brian doesn't, I won't say anything. Uh, Caleb has a state. No, he's in outer space. Oregon. Okay. Oh, you're in Oregon? No. Oh. oh. Okay. Oh, there we go. I once saw there you go. Now you're back on track. I once saw hippopotamus in the in, in the window. Okay. <laughs> uh final uh we're gonna start on the final round, which means that uh all the players have played 18 baskets. They played 18 baskets one day, then they played 18 baskets the next day. This is the final 18. Uh, we're going to start with the chase card. These are the players who are number five, six, seven, eight. The tournament is the fourth of 15 on the uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour for 2023. It takes place in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, uh, and it's called the Music City Pro. Open. Music open. City Open. Yeah. But, but we'll probably change the name to Pro. And by the way, Disc Golf <laughs> Network, you guys should probably just give me, even though I won't ever watch it, you should give me a free subscription and like some shit. Okay. You want to say anything about it before we dive into hole one? It has it has not always been a pro tour stop. It's usually been a silver series event, so it's elevated this year. They've made some changes to the course, and um, just as a frame of reference, there's one player that has dominated this competition. And oh, can I tell you who? Yeah, uh, it's um, it's um, uh, 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 uh Dickerson. Dickerson, Chris, Chris Dickerson. Yeah. Chris Dickerson is the best player in the history of, of the state of Tennessee. He's one of the top five plate rated players in the world. He's a threat at almost every event he shows up to, but he's like definitely the favorite at this, at this event. He's, I think he's won it four times and he's been in the top five every time that it's ever been played. What's the deal with that? You think he lives like within five miles of that, of that uh, course he's, and just I plays mean, it like no other? It's kind of weird. He's his like he's incredibly good, but his record in the state of Tennessee is just like insane. Like for whatever reason, he just plays courses there extremely well. And is that I mean, is that because these are his home courses? So I mean, in some cases, definitely. But I think there's I mean, it's just like it's almost one of these things you can't explain where for whatever reason, he just elevates when he plays in his home state. Um, who is, um, who's the disc golf pro tour, by the way, the way it works, it's a point system. So they're keeping track of like what place you finish and your wins and going into this is, uh, is, is Heimberg in first place? Yeah. Calvin Heimberg's been having the best season of anyone so far. And I think even though I said at this exact moment, I believe Gannon is the number one rated player in the world. Heimberg is by far the points leader. Okay. How can that be? How could, how could Gannon just based on last year? Um, no, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's based on like your, your rating per round. They're, they're really close. They might be within one rating point of each other or something like that, but it might just be that, um, Calvin's had a, like maybe he's had a couple lower rounds, but also a couple higher rounds. And again, it's had more consistently right, right around there. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but, uh, but you'd rather be in Heinberg's spot than Gannon's spot. You'd rather be the winning I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, at, at this point in the season, Calvin has finished in the top three of every tournament, and he's matched Paul McBeth's record of, of the most consecutive podium finishes um, ever when, in the existence of the Disc Golf Pro Tour. What's the most tournaments ever anyone's ever won in a season? 
I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not sure. Okay, because because uh, uh, Heinberg's got two. That's got to be. He must be on good pace. Yeah, two, definitely. Two, okay. I mean, it's you know, it's for for most players. If you win one tournament in the year, it's like incredible. It like makes your year. Uh, Chase card uh, sounds like Heinberg is winning the event as they go into hole number one in the final round. He's at minus twelve. He's playing in on the uh, card with uh, Simon Lazat, who you guys have seen before in the show. I believe we've had Austin Turner maybe on. Uh, in the past, maybe, maybe not. And then finally, a guy I'd never heard of, uh, Ricky uh, Wasaki, who is a uh, uh, a victim of Lyme disease and okay, uh, trying so... to get his shit back together as we go into hole one. <laughs> Ricky Wasaki, and you should learn, you know, what Ricky Wasaki is not Japanese, is he is possible, I mean, other than Paul Macbeth, he is definitely the best player of the last decade for sure. Oh, has, wow. Okay. Of the four world championships that Paul has not won in the last 10 years, two of them have been won by Ricky, and Ricky's finished second in several others. And I think it was 2015 that they went into like a 10 hole playoff in the world championships against each other. Just something insane. The guy was the, the tour champion last year, and he won several tournaments last year. He was the highest rated player last year. And this is post Lyme disease. He, he had Lyme disease. He was the tour champion last year. He beat out Paul McBeth on the poor tour points by one shot. He made a 60-foot putt on the last tournament of the year, on the last hole, to take the tour championship points away from Paul McBeth. Yeah. Wow. And then he and then he talked about it and he said, Yeah, I mean, look, like uh, the world champion is a great accolade to have. That just means you were the best for one weekend. But the tour champion is the guy who was the best who was the best player in the world and was the best for the entire season. So he's like, you know, trying to sell himself in that regard. Yeah, yeah. After- I buy that. I buy that. I'm down with that. I mean, yeah, that's true, but that would be like me saying to you in a scenario where Tia's won the game six years in a row, but she keeps losing at Rogue that she's not the fittest woman on earth. Oh, no, but he – oh, you're not saying he didn't win the whole uh, G, uh, DGPT for 2022? He did. He had the most oh. points over the entire course of the year. or you know, but some, but some of that comes down to how often you play because, you know, you can't earn points if you don't play. So, it's a, I mean, look, he, and, and coming into this year – I, you know, not, he had an injury that we, we didn't know how serious it was going to be. It's been pretty bad where he's missed most of the tournaments. What? I just invited him on the podcast. Okay, go on. Awesome. Um, if he comes on the podcast, he'll tell you all about his, uh, hot cold therapy. He's oh, good. Obsessed with it. Oh, because, because of the Lyme disease. I mean, he takes, he takes a lot of uh, pride and in, in investment in his health. And he, that's something that he's come across recently that he thinks gives him a competitive edge. Um, I, this is kind of a, a weird thing to say, but I wonder if Lyme disease is pretty common. Ticks are pretty common for that sport because those dudes I are really, out. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really heard of too many other players that that have it. But uh, uh, how we do it? Best player in the last decade? I'm seriously shook. I feel like I just woke up from a coma and missed the last ten years. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, the point is, when Ricky Wysocki is playing at his best, he is a contender to win every single tournament he shows up to. Okay, good. Well, and, this is the first, this first is the time first I've seen him this year. This year that he's been in contention. Okay. Uh, 605 Calvin Heimberg, a uh, player we've uh, focused on in the previous three weeks. Uh, hole one at yeah. the Music City Open. Yeah, and this, the, the whole, this is not, this is it. This is the shot you want? 605, hole one. Okay. Oh, you want to see him off the tee? We can, we can, we can, we can. Audible. No, no, this is totally fine. Whatever you have okay. is good. Okay. This hole one is a pretty tough hole. Um, there were not a, ton, a lot of birdies on this hole. There were a lot of bogeys. 
a pretty tough shot, uh, a tee shot, pretty really demanding second shot, and the green is obstructed, as you see, with a lot of trees. Uh, this is the first time I've let, I feel like I've let Brian down. Like he's like, really, we're starting here. I apologize. Horrible. Uh, what happened there? What can we see that one more time? Did he make that? Maybe we need audio with that, Caleb. That one's hard to see. Stuff like I don't know what he's doing to envision the landing spot. No, he didn't make it, right? That's what you picked. I think it had some branches that landed short. (laughs) Oh, great choice, Sevon. Six fifteen, Austin. Austin. uh, What's Austin's name? Austin Turner. Yes, Austin Turner. Austin Turner from twenty-five. That's more than twenty-five. Oh, lefty. Oh, we got a lot of stuttering today. Caleb, did you pay your internet? I don't know. That's the wife. Good, good answer. Did did, uh, did, did he make that? Shit, I don't even know. My no. goodness. No, really he would have. He would have continued towards the basket if he made it. So. Okay. Good. Good answer. Okay. Uh, Seven oh five. Calvin for par. <clears throat> yeah. So Calvin's upshot came up close. I mean, came up short. In for par. And uh, 720 Austin uh, Turner. This is from two weeks ago, by the way. I watched this. Sorry. I mean, it's going to take me a second to warm up. Not too many seconds. Probably like 10 or 15. Austin Turner. <clears throat> and who's the sponsor there? This Pulse C. Pulse C. Pulse C. Pulse Pulse I don't really know. Mm-hmm. We'll say. But I did see. But I'm just looking they at the bottom. They should drop that L. They should drop that L. Yeah. Uh, Simon got a birdie on that hole, and like I said, it's a pretty tough hole to birdie. So par is much more common score there. Uh, hole two, uh, Simon uh, minus thirteen, um, and has taken the lead after that hole. Uh, when we went into the final round, Heimberg was in the lead, and now Simon's in the lead at minus thirteen. 855 uh Ricky Wasaki off the tee. Yeah, so here's Ricky and um you know I've told you in the past that Paul Macbeth had a had gotten a, a sponsorship a 10 million 10 year 10 million dollar sponsorship with Discraft. And at that time Rick, Ricky was playing as, with Innova as his title sponsor and then uh disc uh, not Discmania Latitude 64 made him this offer uh, for your $4 million. So he switched disc companies a couple years ago. Um, and he and also the best female player in the world both play for that disc company now. Oh, wow. And that best female player in the world is the one we saw with the putting problem? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> hey, uh, um, we this is a really bad stutter. We haven't seen a single throw get off here. I wonder what's going on. Maybe you could lower. Could you lower the picture quality, uh, Caleb, and maybe see from HD to uh, to ass from good to ass. Let's see. Um, yeah, maybe go down to seven twenty. Let's see what we get. Alrighty. Uh, so so uh, did did Ricky go out of bounds there? It I looks like that, it. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a and the, the second hole is just as hard as the first hole to birdie. You have to have a really well placed tee shot, and then the second shot into the green is ridiculously hard uh, with a tight and and missing left like that is 
less than optimal because not only are you out of bounds and taking a penalty shot, but the recovery from there is very difficult. Uh, 923 Heimberg also off the tee. No, not off the tee. So this is a this is a great landing zone. This is the one spot where if you land it, you have a straight shot to that basket. But even so, it just gets tighter and tighter as you go, and there's OB on both sides. Out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Is that better? Uh, uh, no. God, I don't know. I, I don't ever remember seeing this bad. Does it look bad to you too, Brian? Is it stuttering pretty bad to you? Like yes. it, it's it's not even video. It's like it's like you just showed us a montage of like six photos. Yeah. Okay. But maybe who knows? Maybe. But I think that's his disc there on the ground, and that was an exceptional shot. Look at you're going 360, huh? Look Let's at see. you. Uh, 1017 Austin uh, going for his second shot from the knees. No, not from the knees. This is, is going to be his third shot, I think. With the Guardians. God, I hope he didn't make that. What is going on? It's bordering it unwatchable. Yeah. Let me cut out and I'll try it again. Okay. There we go. Uh, Pornhub. Close Pornhub, Caleb. Fair enough, Trina. Fair enough. Michael C. Brian. What's up, brother? I was starting to wonder why your ban from YouTube was longer than Sevon's. There. Great question. Uh, Would you like to say something, Brian? Okay. Uh, how we do it? That course looks sketch. Can you say Grassy Knoll guaranteed someone has been uh, killed on that course? Uh, they um, th- this course does have a lot of possibilities for hole hole in ones though, correct? There are definitely some, yeah. And there towards the end of the round, there's a hole um, that if you if anyone had made a hole in one on it during the tournament, they would have won a Gibson guitar. There's like a nice prize on the on the line, and uh, and there's a lot of people that came close, but no one got it. Is Beaver using AOL AOL dial-up? Fair question. Uh, Ken Walters, did he? Did Brian say ten million dollars sponsorship? Does anyone in CrossFit even have one close to that? What's it? And I've I've talked about this before. Is the interesting comparison between disc golf and CrossFit in terms of the sponsorship? So that the disc golf ones are known. You know, they're like those those are public. When that when Paul McBeth got offered ten million for ten years from Discraft. Um, everyone knew about it and it, and it redefined, you know, the kind of earning potential in the sport. And like, you know, Ricky got a, an extra, we got an op, an offer basically on the back of that offer and several other players, you know, everyone has to kind of rise to the, to the level of that. I do think that there might be some CrossFitters that have had, you know, contracts that are extremely lucrative and then, you know, in the realm of a million dollars annual, but we don't, we don't ever know about them. I I think there may have been one that I know of that was uh, a ten year contract, and it may have been uh, ten million dollars, but I don't know that for sure. But 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 I but I wouldn't be surprised. I want to say that I think I heard that. Um, I do want to also say this: these people are selling these discs, um, hand over fist. There's fucking I don't know how many courses there are in the United States. Do you know how many courses there are, Brian? Thousands. Okay, so thousands of courses, and it's it's like it's like bass fishing. Like those, it's like fishing. Those companies have so much money for sponsorship that they can have TV shows on ESPN that play from midnight till eight thirty in the morning, and they can buy because they're just selling so many lures and fishing poles and and just all that stuff. So it just goes to show you how many people are going on Amazon and just buying shitloads of discs. Oh, I like the way this looks already. Here we go. 
Oh, Caleb with the fix. Excellent work, Caleb. Uh, extra sloppy uh, for Brian. $1.99. <sighs> really? Uh, oh, per Mary fuck killed. Discraft and Nova Sevon. You scumbag. If someone kills me over those discs, I'm going to be pissed. Uh, it's interesting to me. Does Discraft have a bit? It's interesting to me that those two brands also aren't brands Wait, that I seven, know. Does Seven have the man bun for this scenario? <laughs> yeah, good question. Yeah. If he does, slot him into the F. <laughs> uh, Brian, do a pre a prem sh prem show with Sevon. What's prem? I think he's talking about the Premier League, the English Premier League. But I'm not 100 percent sure. What's is that? Soccer? Yeah, I'll um, cover soccer with you guys. You like soccer? Caleb? Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be fucked? Caleb's like, I like soccer. And then we start, Caleb's been on every show. And then we start soccer and we don't include him. And he's stuck on Frisbee <laughs> golf. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Uh, where are we? Uh, 10, 17. Let's, let's go. We're still, we're on hole two. We're with Austin Heimberg. No, Austin Turner. And uh, here we go. Uh, it would be just an incredible shot. Does he got the putter out for this? I think so. Yeah. This is probably gonna be a pretty long jump putt. My, and I, he's probably just trying to put this close. action let's see what Kay oh dang caleb you fixed it well done okay i mean it's a really fast screen that's a pretty good putt but he's still got a little work left uh not uh 10 uh simon lazat the current leader and uh, after uh he shoots this you can hang tight for a uh, replay mr beaver uh putting from what 60 at least i mean oh my and goodness. that the fact that he went birdie birdie on holes one and two, I mean, I had checked that day. I, I'll check it again here. Um, that I, I don't think anyone else. Oh, one other guy, one other person did that that day. Birdied that hole? Birdied both holes one and two. Oh, and the crazy. player who did it was tied for 87th on the tournament. So in the, of the other players in the top, they, you know, they were par, 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 birdie, par, 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 birdie, bogey, par, birdie, par. Like, you just don't birdie holes one and two. So that putt was insane. Simon Lazat looking good. Hole three, it's a very short, 277 feet, par three. Although the hole averages over par which is crazy, right? A 277-foot hole, par three, but most people go over par on it. Kind of crazy. <clears throat> Austin, 1220, off the tee. Oh, my goodness, that's tight. Yeah, so this is the most controversial hole in the tournament. And the the design, I mean, this that's one of the better shots you're going to see on the hole. The, des the person who designed this hole specifically said... I want to force the players to throw a fast speed disc over a short distance. At 277 feet, they could throw a, their putter and get there, but not the way that this hole is shaped up. You need a disc that's going to cut hard to the right and then hard back to the left. And even if you do it, what you think is perfectly, it might not get through. And those trees right in the middle there, those like group of three or four or five trees in the middle are the problem. Yeah, the back ones. Do you like this hole, Brian? Do you like what the, what the course is forcing people to do? I don't mind it. I mean, I think if you had six holes like this, it'd be annoying, but to have one hole like this on the course is okay. And I kind of like that it's early in the round. 
um, and as opposed to being late in the round since it's so random. And you remember that other course we played where hole 17 was like this? It was so like the first shot was like this little pitch shot. We saw Paul Macbeth try to go over the top around the outside. That's not even a line. Like, and that was hole 17. So this at least gives people a chance who, because people will get bad scores on this. And I mean like six, seven, eights on this hole. And this will at least give people a chance to, you know, recover from that a little bit. Are, are you saying to simplify it? Are you saying that this, they're forcing you to use a disc that you would generally would try to throw 500 feet and they're making you use it in an area that's 277 feet. It's exactly. something like that. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Okay. Uh, 12. Uh, we saw Austin's T drive uh, fantastic uh, shot. According to Brian got right close to the basket. He looks like he's even up for a birdie. Uh, 1305. Uh, Ricky uh, Wasaki goes for the putt for bogey. Ooh, no, that maybe that wasn't for bogey. Maybe that was for par. And because of that, he got bogey. Yeah. Uh, I know that he had struggled. He struggled with putting on this hole. But, oh, what do you uh, think about where he paused it right there? Look at, look at how he's walking away. What do you think about that? <laughs> that doesn't look right. He's moving left, you know, straight and right at the same time. Caleb, don't do that to him again. Hole four, 1,112 feet, par five. Uh, Simon Lazat, our leader. <clears throat> and there are, I mean, there are a couple really long holes on this course, but they demand very specific landing zones. And if you get out of position, then you have to make a decision. If you, you know, like this, most of the players are coming to this hole and they're like, I, okay, it's par five. I can, I can take birdie. But if you don't put the drive in the right spot, then you just might have to accept the par. And, but for the best players in the world, it's hard to do that sometimes. Uh, I still, I don't think I still have seen an Eagle. Oh, in the entire, we have. I'm sure. We, yeah, I'm sure. We have. I don't think I've seen an eagle yet. Okay, yeah, uh, 1805. This looks like Simon uh, shot. Uh, what shot is this? Two. It's probably his third shot here. Third shot. Okay. So he's he, he, yeah, he's in a pretty good position. After two, this upshot's touch touchy though. The 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 slope of this is pretty is more severe than it looks. If you and a lot of people come up short because of that, and then you have that you know, put to an elevated basket with a big drop off behind. So, I mean, that was fun, a really, really well done shot right there to get it to just nestle up to the bottom of the podium. Uh, 1845 Calvin Heimberg for the putt. Oh, and he made it. Uh, and, and is, did I see, he see that, right? That's his third bogey. Calvin. Yeah. Third bogey. That's his third birdie in a row. Third birdie. Right. He's got to learn how to write, learn how to read, or learn how to write. One of them. Yeah, which means that he birdied hole number three. That doesn't happen that often. And Austin Turner also birdied number three. I would guess that there were not that many cards where two players on the card both birdied that hole. Uh, hole five. Twenty fifty nine. Calvin Heimberg, still in it. Can still win it, right? Oh, for uh, for sure. And this uh, this tournament, there are going to be. He's tied. He's tied with Simon Lazat for first right there. Minus 15. Okay. Yeah, and on their card. We can see by the little superscripts next to their name that they're currently tied for second overall in the tournament. Ah. Forehand here, he's trying to push it out around the corner, and it's pretty tight there. A lot of people come up short in that in the woods, and a lot of people um, won't make won't be able to make a putt from there. So getting it around the corner there is critical. A twenty-one forty. Uh, Simon goes for a putt. Hole five. 
Patrick Clark is in the house. Better late than never. It's Austin Turner here. Yep. And he's just laying it up because there's OB behind that basket. That was 2140. I got my guys screwed up. All right. 2150. Ricky Wasaki. Man, what a, this show is. All, I promise you the first three shows are better than this, and, and the fifth will be also. Oh, my goodness. That's not good. Nope. A couple of missed putts here on five. That was for birdie for Simon. Um, and, uh, you know, in, in a tight tournament like this, you're going to – you will think back on those putts. Uh, 22-17, important. Uh, Calvin can get a birdie on here and uh, go for the lead and take advantage of Simon's error. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is what si- this is what Calvin's been doing all year. I mean, Simon comes out and birdies hole one and two, and you're like, "Damn, Simon's hot." And then Calvin birdies two, three, four, and five, and takes the lead right back. Uh, hole six, twenty three twenty. Simon off the tee. Very close here. One stroke difference between him and. Heimberg. Oh, and that puts Simon all the way down into fifth. Oh, that's Calvin going. What happened? Uh, sorry, 23. Sorry, my number's all jacked up. Let's go back to like 20. Okay, here we go. This is a pretty demanding tee shot. You have to, there's an out of bounds running the entire left side, and then it hooks off to the left. If you don't get it far enough, you're out of bounds. And if you don't get it far enough left, you have a really, really t- challenging shot for your second shot. And uh, Simon pushed it too far left there, and he's OB. And, th- and that sucks, right? I mean, uh, he mi- he missed that last birdie, and now he's out of bounds. He's on mm-hmm. a decline. The only saving grace is that this is a par five, and so if, of any hole that you want to go out of bounds on and have a chance to salvage a par, it's it's a par five. Uh, Calvin, 2440. Uh, Calvin in now the place to take advantage of the second error by Simon Lazar. Yeah. And this is a really good landing zone. This is where you want your drive to be. Now you can see around the corner, but you still have to throw an extremely demanding to shot to get it close to the, the pin. So he's going to throw a backhand. It's going to have to move big time to the right and then finish back to the left if he wants to get uh, in position for a birdie or an I eagle potential. I may have to pee twice in this show. Just saying, giving you a warning. <clears throat> and this is what what I think makes a, a course good is you can have a perfect drive and you still have a demanding second shot. And so he, despite having that advantage off the tee, he overturns that, that shot and now he's out of bounds. And just so you know, Calvin needed that right there. He, he needed to take advantage of Simon's uh, out of bounds, take advantage of Simon missing the birdie in the previous hole. And instead of taking advantage of it, uh, he too goes out of bounds. Picks up an extra stroke. 25-40. Ricky Wasaki. Can he take advantage of the errors? This is likely his third shot here. And he just pulls it too wide and hits those trees and comes down. And I don't think that was the... I mean, he's had a wrist injury that's basically kept him out of the season so far. And that just didn't look like what I, the kind of throw that I would usually expect him to see. Usually, he's gonna if he's gonna throw a four in here, he's gonna throw a really overstable disc, starting way to the right, and have it move to the left, and then finish back to the right. And here, it, it to me, what I see there is that he's not 100 percent confident with that shot yet. What did you say? He's had a wrist injury that what? It's kept him out of most of the tournaments this year. That's why we haven't seen him at all. Oh, I have a wrist injury, but it's kept my wife in the game. <laughs> 
It's interesting. Okay. Uh, 2645, uh, Calvin, for the putt. Now, now important putt, as Brian was saying, with the par five, uh, you can still par um, with, some, with, a, with a shitty shot. Can Calvin do it? Just outside of the circle here, and perfect putt. Saves the par despite the errant second shot, and those are the putts that you have to make if you want to win these tournaments, those, those 30 to 40-foot putts. Uh, hole seven, Calvin Heimberg off the tee. We're in the final round, Music City Open in Nashville. This is the lead card. This is the chase card. Oh, yes, yes. That's what I meant. Just testing Brian to see if he's listening. Super demanding shot here. 535 feet. It is downhill, but it's a far distance to cover. And you're up on this platform, and you can't see where you're throwing the disc. Um, I think he ends up – oh, yeah. That, that's a pretty good shot. Most shots end up short on this hole, kind of either behind the rock in the tree – or off to the left side in a similar spot, and you have like 50 foot downhill to the pin. That's a really, really good shot there. That rock in, in all the shows we've watched is one of the best features I've seen yet. It's pretty cool. Uh, 2838, Simon off the tee. If we can see here, I mean, he is throwing this way out to the right. So he's hoping this is pulling back into the left hard because it was way out there. And it did well, and that roll, that extra roll there is uh, phenomenal. He's got to basically tap in. So Calvin and Simon uh, still staying, staying neck and neck fighting. 29-38, Austin off the tee. So they build that platform just for this tournament? Yeah, and off to the left, just on the corner there behind the guy with the camera, you can see the women's tee box is also elevated right there. Oh, okay. Closer. And they take those down when the, when the, when the tour leaves? Not 100% sure about that. Okay. Uh, Austin, 2938, off the tee. So we get to see the lefty here, and he's trying to throw the same shot on the other side. The problem is on this side, it's not open. There's a bunch of, of trees and stuff that you have to contend with. We just basically, he just snuck up over that rock. It was actually it was a pretty, pretty cool shot. He sneaks up over the rock and rolls onto the green. It does. Okay. I thought it stopped on the rock. Okay. Uh, thirty oh six Calvin for the birdie. Hole seven. Yeah, great spot to be. I mean, that's a really good spot to be off that tee. Hole eight, thirty one ten. Calvin Heinberg, capable of getting the ace. Very capable. I really like the course design here. You come from an open long par three into a really tight but short par three. So you like you you feel like you should get both of them, but they require completely different shots. Comes up a little bit short there, and he's in the woods on the left. 31-35. Simon off the tee. Also possible for an ace. I think he hit a tree right when he let it go because in my notes I wrote douche. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't see it right there. He must have done something. He must have done something stupid. So thoughtful. You should tell us what you write in your notes more often. Uh, thir- uh, here we go. Uh, replay of that. Yeah, he yes. hits a tree on the right side and it falls short. Um, so he's not, he's not going to be happy. Maybe take your sunglasses off when you're playing in the shade. Ding dong. A uh, 3150 Austin off the tee. 
I'll tell you this about playing sunglasses with disc golf or wearing sunglasses when you play disc golf. If I start a round with sunglasses on, unless there's a super dramatic change in the the lighting or something like that, I like to keep them on. Like taking them on and off is kind of a, it's a weird thing. And and same thing, if I start without using them, I, I try not, I usually won't put them on unless I like have to. It's um, it's it's like it's like taking a rubber off right before you finish. Like, what was the point? No, that doesn't work. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, uh, my notes here about Austin. I'll give you. I, I I also wrote douche. So try to watch where the disc. You can't. The, that means the disc didn't go somewhere good. Thirty-one fifty. Austin off the tee. Hole eight. Every shot he just writes out. Damn or. Or douche. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Or douche. Yeah. Hit the trees again low, right? Hit. Yeah. That just, those just weren't good shots. No, those just weren't and, good shots. And here's the thing this is, it's possible to hole in one this one, guys. These are professionals and they're doing this. Yeah. Two in a but, row back to look, back. Prior to that, we had a long par five, uh, a par four that Required some big shots, a long par five, then a long par three. So they're throwing these just full shots with full distance drivers, shot after shot after shot. And then they have to come and throw a touch shot through the woods on hole eight. I like like the change of pace there. Uh, Brian Friend with the excuses for the pros. 3204. Ricky. For the course designer. Oh, there you go. That's another way of putting it. A Ricky Wasaki off the tee. Uh, This time I just wrote, well, let's see what happens. Here we go. The second greatest of all time. Also hits a tree. What the fuck is going on with this hole? Simon hits a tree. Calvin hits a tree. No, no. Actually, sorry. Calvin got a good throw. Calvin, good throw. Simon hits a tree. Austin hits a tree. And Ricky Wasaki, second best player of all time. Um, I wouldn't say that. I would say he's the third best player of all time. You know what I mean. 32-55, Calvin for the putt. From 50, 60? Mm, probably like 45. Yeah. But Crazy. Just it can, we see, can we see that one more time with audio? I, lo- I love the sound of the disc hitting the chains. Reminds me of the school bell as a child. You would typically see the bogey on. Calvin, long chance for the birdie. What a shame to hit right to get it right where you need to do and it not go in from that far away. What a shame. Yeah, I mean that that noise is that's the noise you want to hear, but it's uh wasn't the result that he wanted. Hey, you think that you that thank you, Caleb. You think that with your eyes closed, you would know the difference between the hitting of the chains and the basket going in the 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 disc going disc going in in versus going out. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you would hear the disc. We'll, we'll, we'll listen. Okay. Well, you definitely hear the disc hitting the dirt. I mean, there are times that I, I have the, um, it on live and I hear that sound and I'm assuming it's in. And then, I, you know, I'll be in the kitchen doing something or whatever. And I'll hear the guy say, oh my God. And it chained out. And I thought it was in. You know what the problem with watching these condensed shows is sometimes there are shots. You have to watch everything because the commentators will forget to tell you shit. Because you know what I mean, like 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 a guy will sh- be shooting from twelve feet and miss, and they won't be like, "Holy fuck, what an idiot!" They'll just be, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, there are times. This happens to me with CrossFit too. There are times where I'll see something and I'm like, 
you're not going to like, how are you not saying anything about that? Like, right. Right. They, you know, they might be caught up in something other story that they were telling or a thought that they had about a, whatever the whole just happened. And then someone throws this incredible shot and I'm like, at the very least, like finish your thought and then say, and wow, what an incredible shot by Paul Macbeth, you know, but they don't even mention it sometimes. And it frustrates me. Uh, in my fan theory, I think this, I, I think you're onto something. All these disc golf shows are lead to the first event of California hormones weekend, a disc golf tourney featuring Sevon Caleb and the number one scene. Hey, listen, if California hormones put up like, I don't know, a thousand dollars for a fucking Frisbee golf tournament in Newport, I'd fucking go to that. I would, I would make, I would make a, I would make a showing there. I'd even play. God, that would be awesome. That seems more realistic. And you could be juiced up and play. No testing. No testing. God, that would be awesome. Yeah, I think he's on to something, too. Good job, Robbie. I think he's on to something, too, for sure. It's manageable. Uh, May 31st, we have Greg Glassman um, scheduled for the podcast. May 31st. Did you know that, Caleb? Is that up on the calendar? It's up there. Oh, gotcha. All right. Just waiting for it to happen. I got a funny story to tell you guys uh, about that scheduling. It's pretty cool. Okay. Oh, but not right now. But not right now. Hole nine. Um, hole nine, uh, 34-25 uh, Austin off the tee. I wonder how long before you go to a professional Frisbee golf tournament. Have you been to one, Brian? No, I've asked you that before. I have not. Okay, uh, thirty-four twenty-five Austin off the tee. He's able to take a line there that's a little different because he's a lefty, so it's a big spike hyzer out around the tree, and he's about circle edge. Thirty-five oh five Simon with the skipper off the tee. I don't know what they call that. I don't know what the pros call it, but. This is a forehand, and so he's got it because he's you know he's right-handed. He's going to throw the forehand. He's trying to skip it around with his distance driver, but he does. He it, it was too early. By the way, it's always risky doing the skipper because you never know. You never know what it's going to hit down there on the ground. That's true. I mean, sometimes it's the best shot. I was playing the other day with Scott, and I told him on this one shot, I'm like, I'm going to try to throw a low hard backhand down this gap that's not the obvious gap and skip it up towards the hole. And I was able to put it within 15 feet, but. You're right. You could hit a root. You could hit a rock. You could get the you know a thick patch of grass, and you don't get what you want out of the shot. And uh, what we are going to see later on in the show is you're going to see some mud like we've never seen before, um, and you're going to see some behaviors from discs like we've never seen before as we go into the uh, back nine. Zach, seven ninety nine Australian. Look up LIV Golf, real golf, a hole in one in Adelaide over the weekend. Happy Gilmore vibes. Sorry, Brian. No, no reason to be sorry. LIV golf, real golf. Okay. Um, and I pre appreciate the loot and the giant fish. Calvin, uh, minus 17 uh, in third place after the front nine uh, final round. Mm -hmm. So at one point, Calvin was in first place and now he's in uh, third. Well, he was pretty much in second. He was pretty much in second the, that whole time on a relative to the entire field. He was leading his card for most of the nine. I am going to um, take a uh, small. I think I am. If I can find pull up it. the um, like pull up the first 
Caleb will pull it up while I pee. Okay. I want to try to see who's on the who is on the lead card here. So that was the front. That was the front nine for the chase card. Those are the guys who are in fifth through eighth coming into the final round. Now we're going to take a look at the guys who are in first through fourth coming into the final round. And a majority of these players stay in contention throughout the tournament. We saw Austin Turner and Ricky Wysocki fall off a little bit, but the, the guys on the lead card and the guys on the chase and then um, Calvin Heinberg and Simon Lazat remain in the picture in terms of potentially winning this thing uh, for a majority of the round. And here we go. What is with this guy, you know? If Howard Stern and Joe Rogan had a baby, you'd be looking at him. Remember, the people were live, so don't, like, start picking your nose or pull your dick out or anything crazy like that. And this is why this is the greatest show on the Internet, because there's a comment here that says a lot of pre-cum, and then right after, there's a comment that says it's so sad. Let's go back to hand jobs. People without their names, and they, uh... <laughs> no one clipped that and played that on the internet. A thumb with a mustache. Yes. A thumb. <laughs> Listen, a guy named Johan Lopez called you a thumb with a mustache. Wow. I'm going to shit myself. Man, that Sevon podcast is dull as shit. Okay, you guys have a great day. Okay. You too. Thanks for calling. Mwah. <laughs> no. I was feeling familial, like it was my mom I was talking to. <laughs> Caleb, that's your best work ever. <laughs> it's my only work ever. Oh, all right. Uh, Brian, uh, we're going into the final uh, round in the front nine. Now we're going to the main card. Yeah. So that was the chase card. Yep. Those were, those were fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. Now we're going to see the same exact holes, but with the good guys. Yeah, and so here we have Chris Dickerson, who is the guy to beat at this course for sure. Anthony Barella, young up-and-comer in the sport. Uh, we've talked about him on the show before. Gannon Burr, he's potentially the best player in the world right now. I'd say that it's him and Calvin Heimberg are kind of the two guys you expect to be in contention at every tournament. And Ezra Aderholt, who's had a second-place finish already this year on the tour and is having his best season of his career. And what a great name, Aderholt. Uh, muddy course. Uh, affects the footing of the players. We're looking at the main card. Uh, Chris Dickerson has had zero out-of-bound throws in his first 36 baskets, uh, which I guess is significant because the commentators yeah. mentioned it. Yeah, I mean, one of, one of the things about Chris Dickerson is he, you know, he is as good as you'll find at having a game plan and executing it. And so he might not be playing every hole for birdie, where some of these guys will choose to be a little bit more aggressive and they'll take the risk-reward. You know, they, uh, Ricky Wysocki has this reputation of like he goes for everything. So you might see him have one par on in the entire round and he's got 12 birdies, five bogeys and a par, you know, because he's just taking the risk and he's willing to, to you know, go for the birdie on everything, knowing he's going to get a couple of bogeys and still thinks that's going to net him a better score than whereas Dickerson might say, you know what, there's four holes that I'm going to play for par. I'm just going to chip it up here, pitch it up to the pin, take the three and see on the next one. And so he's, um, you know, this course has a lot of out of bounds and a lot of demanding shots that if you get a little bit too aggressive, it's easy to get a big number. And he's been avoiding that better than anyone. And that's why he's the leader going into the final round. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm just realizing that Trish loves the word uh, euphemism. Just realizing that. Hmm. OK, uh, hole number one, uh, 509. It's our first look, ladies and gentlemen, at Anthony Barella, affectionately known as AB, off the tee, one of the longest throwers, strongest arm, big guy, my God, with the short shorts. 
Yeah, and he's going to try to throw this really high and have it finish really far to the left. And when he throws, <laughs> when he gets a hold of a disc, and it does exactly that, by the way, it's just, I, w- I would like to see him throw it in person. I mean, it's it's ridiculous how far he throws a disc. Uh, 539, Gannon Burr with one of my least favorite shots in all of uh, sports, any kind of throw, uh, the roller. So he's throwing a massive Anheuser shot that he's trying to go around the outside of the tree. This is not the intended line at all. Get it to flip up, land on the ground, and roll. And he thinks that this he can gain an advantage relative to the, the card here or the field. And he basically does it as well as any person could ever hope to do it. That is absolutely insane and uh, the best position I've seen anyone in on this, after this tee shot. Uh, 703, Anthony Barella, second shot. Uh, how tall is Anthony? Is he a 6'5"? Yeah, something like that. And this and other dude, Gannon Burr, this just taller this, than that, 6'7". I think now he's still growing. Stick as a sheet of paper. <laughs> Gained 15 pounds. <laughs> Anthony Barella. Gained 15 pounds. He still gets blown over by a tall gust, a strong gust of wind. Yes. Big forehand here. This is a uh, we've talked about this first hole is really, really tough. The window to get into this green is very, very tight. He kind of gets a weird reaction there on the ground. And even though he had a great drive and a good second shot, there's no, you know, going no guarantee he's going to birdie this. Uh, 717, uh, our first look uh, of the show of Ezra Adderhold. Adderhold. Uh, this is his second shot. Yeah. So he's basically trying to throw the same shot that we just saw there from AB. Ezra's also a very powerful player, and he throws one of the best up shots that you'll see on this hole. It's kind of cool, actually, to realize that, you know, between A.B., Aderhold, and Gannon Brewer, you got three of the longest throwers in the game, and on a course where that's obviously rewarded, but at the top coming into the final round is Chris Dickerson, who's this tactician. Uh, 8.20 A.B., He's going for the putt. Here we go. Yep, so it comes up short, but he's got a clear look at it. Not a bad place to be. How do you know he comes up short? No, no, his his approach shot came up short. Oh. And? But the putt was just about two inches short of going in, yeah. Just yeah, crazy. So so he hit the chains too. <clears throat> yeah, but that one, you, you, you know, it was he just didn't give it enough. Caleb, Caleb not giving us the audio, even though he knows he should. That's kind of like a dick tease that Caleb is. 840, Gannon Burr. Upside shot. I don't know what that means, but Brian will explain. Yeah, so his his approach shot into the green came ended in a pretty difficult spot. He looked at a lot of different options here. And I mean, this is called a scuba, basically. That kind of putt where you're an overhand flick with the with the finger. And it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty touchy. And he also has to navigate, you know, some some branches there. I would like to uh, tell everyone that if uh, if you are putting together a mating strategy, do not ever stand like that in public. Did he make that? <laughs> no. Oh, Gannonber with the miss. Uh, okay, hole number two, uh, toughest hole on the course. Some might say. Let's see what Mister Friend thinks. Is this the toughest hole on the course? I I mean, three played as the di- most difficult relative to par but hole two demands a far and accurate drive and then a far and very accurate upshot and even then you might have a difficult putt for birdie so it is extremely challenging yes 
Uh, we got a good look at it. Nine forty. Uh, Eleven twenty-eight. Chris Dickerson, the man that Brian keeps talking about, the best frisbee player in all frisbee golf player in all of Tennessee, and the ruler of this course. Mm-hmm. He's in an okay spot here, but this shot is tough. You have to throw a, a shot into a really narrow corridor that's pushing forward the entire way, and if you go left or right, you're guaranteed a par at best. He's a, he, he wears a lot of camo, by the way, and I kind of like that shirt that he's wearing. I like it too, actually. So this is a perfectly a perfect line, but it still comes up like 30 or 40 feet short. That basket is just tucked back in there really far. I picture these guys' personalities as being like really stuck up, but really they have no reason to be. You know what I mean? But but I mean I have no basis for that. I'm just like in my head. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. like uh like like you like they're the best bowlers in the world. Like oh, yeah. I mean, cool. they're they're you know they the shirts they wear are kind of similar to bowling shirts, I guess. And the demeanors of the players are are definitely varied, but they're I mean. They're really serious about what they're doing. They're very focused, and I can't. I can't actually wait for us to do the Champions Cup because you're going to get to meet a player that's like, I think, is one of the most hilarious players because of his demeanor. I can't wait. Uh, Twelve. What is the Champions Cup? What do you mean? What is that? That's the one that happened this weekend. It ended today. It's the first major of the year. I'm going to start sending you the videos after we get off the air tonight. Uh, Twelve fifty-eight. Anthony Barella for the putt. Hold two. glasses oi so didn't from leave what, it from short. 80 from 100 feet what is that uh maybe 60 50 60 and a miss 1330 gannon burr for the putt this distance putt is like um a putt that I would say Gannon is better than anyone in the world at. Like, but he doesn't usually putt like that. He usually putts really hard on a direct line and try to, and like almost breaks the chains by how hard he hits him. Here he's worried about the out of bounds behind the hole. So he's trying to throw a putt that's not his normal putt. And he just it's it requires a lot of touch and control. And he doesn't he didn't have it. Uh hole three, Chris Dickerson. Off the tee, I believe. Yeah, and this hole, when we talked about it earlier, is just this super demanding, very difficult shot. It's not like any other shot you're going to throw the entire day. Can't quite tell how his ended up. I think it hit a tree and came up short. Yeah, he kisses that tree on the left side, I think. Yeah. Uh, 1625, Anthony. Can Anthony avoid the trees? What do you think? Mm, Almost everyone hits a tree on this hole. That looks high to me. Yeah. So that's okay. That pushed all the way through to the opening. So he's going to have about a, th- it looks like a 30 to 35 foot, foot, par, uh, foot putt for the birdie, which I think everyone would take that on this hole. Uh, let's go to uh, 1649, Gannon Burr. The guy that's currently Brian's number one guy. This is how you want that shot to look. It's it's curving far, hard to the right, and then it comes back, it gets a little ground play, and kicks forward through the opening. So a pretty good shot there. Uh, seventeen twenty Ezra for the putt. Mm. 
God, that looks stressful. Yeah, and didn't miss that by much, but he got it, it rolled out quite a bit to the backside there, and he still got like a 20 footer to come back. Uh, 1740 Gannon Burr for the putt. Oh man, Anthony doesn't look happy. <laughs> Basket definitely looks bigger than this kid's putting for some reason. Oh, it thank does. you, Caleb. It was very generous of you. Yeah, nice putt there. Picks up the birdie of the players that were in contention. Um, you know, we saw Austin Turner and Calvin make a birdie. No one else made a birdie on that hole. So he kind of is gaining a stroke against most of his competitors there. Uh, we are going to skip over hole four. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing, nothing too exciting there. Hole five. 26 25. Uh, Anthony Barella, second shot. Yeah, so this is the shot that they're trying to throw that forehand out the gap, push it around the corner, and then have it finish to the right up against a basket that's tucked pretty tight towards the, the wood line there. He gets the anti-skip that you don't really want to have, so he has a 35-footer instead of a 25-footer, but it's a makeable putt. Uh, Ezra, uh, second shot, 26-38. Same shot. He's going to try to learn from Anthony and cut it a little bit closer, cuts it too close, gets caught up in the trees, and that's not the place you want to be. Uh, And then let's go to 27.58. Let's see how Anthony Barella closes up hole number five. Yeah, so these are the putts we talk about. These are the ones where you win or lose the tournament. A little step putt from outside the circle. There it is for AD. Wow, Caleb. There. And I really let, like that was when I was watching this uh, the first time. I was like, that's the putt that he needs to find the rhythm with because those other ones were kind of hyzering out left, hyzering out left, even if it was high or short, you know. And this one, he flattened it out, had a nice trajectory, and found the heart of the basket. He's got his chalk bag in his left hand there. Yeah. Uh, hole six, Gannon is tied for the lead with Heimberg going into hole six. Uh, now, um, there was a video that Brian sent me that unfortunately I did not send to Caleb. <laughs> I wonder if I can find it. Uh, let's see. Do you know what video I'm talking about, Brian? The cars? Yeah. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Wow. Um, <laughs> let me see if I can. Uh, let me see how this works. If I can, if I can. So Brian sent me this and he goes, hey, save this video. And I didn't, and he didn't tell me why. Let me see if I can share the screen here really quick. Sorry. uh, Share entire uh, screen. Is that what I want to do? Can I do that here? Oh, brace yourself. (sighs) That was scary. Uh, Okay. So Brian sends me this and I don't know if you guys can get the audio for this, but check this out here. So you can't. Yeah, you can't hear it, but I mean, you know that it sounds like when people are doing donuts with fast cars on asphalt, right? And and basically, this picture uh-oh, that's from earlier today. Uh oh, what's going on here? Whoa, that was I sent you that, that was, too. That was getting squirrely. <laughs> oh, it was, so, it was just going through autoplay of all the shit you've ever sent me. That's that's like the last three things that we've exchanged. Oh my that. goodness, that's not good. So anyway, this there's a there's a property that it butts up against this course where it's a private property and every day 
at, at a certain time of day, these guys just come out here and start doing donuts and donuts and donuts with these cars for hours. And it's audible throughout the disc golf course, like really loud. And, it's, you know, usually you have quiet when you're when you're putting, especially. And so you can focus. And the um, the 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 guy who runs or the president of the disc golf pro tour went and confronted like and, and inquired about this during the the evening after the first day that it was happening. And and basically he was told there's absolutely nothing that can be done because it's private property and those guys don't give a fuck at all. And they're just going to keep doing that. So the players had to kind of deal with that. Wow. Fascinating. Okay. Well, we'll play a little sound for you. Let's go to hole number six, 3304. Uh, and you can listen to the sound here is um, Gannon Burr is throwing. God, can you imagine what, man? Okay. Wow. Gannon Burr is really skinny. He almost looks like a thalidomide baby there. Look at like, what are his hands and fingers doing? He's got like, he is thin. Those don't even look like appendages. Okay. Here we go. And he is going to be two paces outside the circle and chaining out right side. So That's tough insane. miss for him, but you can hear the cars just doing donuts in there. Yeah. Crazy. So, you know, first of all, yeah, we could hear first, that. And second okay. of all, I thought he made the putt just based on the sound. Right. Right. Uh, 33, uh, 30, Gannon uh, putting with car doing more donuts. Here we go. Here's the second attempt uh, at the second putt. Moving day. Aye. Ezra hits the Ezra basket. Ezra is short again. He's missed a couple putts from outside the circle now. And that's that aggressive line putt yeah, that I talked about that, work. that you're used to seeing him doing. Uh, Trish, uh, my neighbor had a pet po a possum, and it actually graduated kindergarten yesterday. Congratulations. No one left behind. No uh, possum <laughs> left behind. Hey, can you stop squeaking your tires? We are playing Frisbee. Fair enough. <laughs> Okay, so uh, and you'll hear that throughout the uh, show now. Um, you it, you know if we plays audio, listen for the car doing donuts, and now you know why. Hole seven, uh, thirty six fifty Gannon Burr. A lot of hope when he's putting the disc. Look at the crowd. Usually means that's about to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, 3715, Ezra Adderhold, hole seven. Trying to keep up with Gannon Burr. Look where Ezra landed. Not mm -mm. And, he hit. and Chris Dickerson, 3730, hole seven. Chris, don't let us down, buddy. Yeah, this is that really long downhill shot over the, the cornfields. And you see everyone's come up a little bit short. They have a downhill putt. And I think this is a big moment here. You know, Chris was still in the lead at this point. Gannon just made that putt. Ezra just made that putt. We saw a couple other guys on the chase card birdie this hole. And that's a very makeable putt for someone of his caliber. And he's definitely going to, like like I said about Simon on that one hole where he left that very makeable putt. Uh, I think he missed it just a little high. Chris would want that one back. Uh, okay, here's where it gets interesting. Those of you who've waited this long, here we go. Now shit gets interesting. Uh, hole eight, 38.50, Anthony Barella. Watch closely, people. Watch closely. Watch closely. What the fuck was that? Did you see that? <laughs> I knew when I was watching this that you were going to pick out this moment. 
What the is that? Is that the Sasquatch that they're always talking about at street parking? It's gotta be. Listen, I've seen some dumb shit in a lot of sports. That's worse than fucking Dave's dog at the 2008 fucking CrossFit Games. What the fuck is that guy doing? <laughs> it's one of the spotters, and it's just a really he, bad time. Really bad. I mean, he should not be doing that. That's totally inappropriate. Hey, a good thing that Barella let it go before the guy started running. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but I mean, it's just like, and what do you do? Like, I don't know. I, I have no idea what he's thinking. Like, the spot that he's running to is not a good spot to be. Like, we saw we saw three of the other four players throw it into the woods on this hole on the other car. Like, uh, oh, but it even gets weirder. Lightning does strike twice. Thirty nine, fifteen. Gannon Burr, six foot eight, thirteen inch penis. Watch closely. This is really hard to catch right here. What you're about to see happen to Gannon Burr. We'll play it a few times, and we'll play it with the audio now too. Now look at him. Look at him. Something happened to him. An apparition or a spirit passed through his body. He felt it in his soul. Is that what happened? No. Listen up close. Thirty nine, fifteen. Gannon Burr, hole eight, with a little audio. I don't think. Yeah, that was what weird. What's going on here? Here we go. Off the tee. I don't think uh, he likes that there's a tree that close right there on the tee pad. I, I actually hear it. I, I'm all for that complaint because they're at no point. So, uh, Brian, you want to tell us why that's so bad to have a, anything <clears throat> close to the athletes while they're on the tee? I think um, – so Jeremy Colling, who's the guy who's talking that says he's all for what Gannon's kind of frustrated with there, is also a pretty tall player. He's probably 6'3 or 6'4. And he's – he be, you know, basically what he's saying is Gannon – in Gannon's mind, and this happened to him every round in this tournament on this hole, it's like he feels like he's going to hit his hand on that tree on the follow-through, and so he can't really commit to his shot. And he doesn't – you know, and he doesn't love that that tree's there. So that that's what's going on. If your hand were to hit a tree – at somewhere during the the during that explosion, how hard these guys throw it, and it was at the end. You, you, it could be a career-ending injury. I mean, at the, in the worst case scenario, yeah. But at the, and at the very least, it's going to hurt a lot. Like they like they they deserve not to be worried about trees on the tee. On the tee, yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously, if you tee, throw it I mean. into it, you know, wherever tee. you throw it, you got to play it from. But on the tee shot, I feel like you should have the freedom to take a full swing. Yeah, and, and and if if I'm the judge and I and I think that's an issue, I I stop the tournament and I fucking remove that. I I go to my RV, take out my uh my clippers and I clip that branch. Your Ryobi, just, uh, yeah, I'm my just Ryobi. So, yes, I'm just I'm just so impressed with Trish's use of the word Manda. Oh what what oh where's uh this this right here, double Mando yeah double Mando wow wow holy shit yeah double Mando Brian they said Mando please do this. <laughs> I like I like Kenneth Delap's uh Ryan I said Mando please oh that's awesome. Did you see that? I oh. Uh Kenneth Delap. Uh very important question. There was a 2008 games. I thought they started in 2015. Uh it, it's a fair question. It's a um it's all depends on what you call the CrossFit said, games. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if you said 2000 11 instead of 2015 and have a little more credibility. Well, we feel you. Uh, 3950, Chris 
Dickerson off the tee. We'll skip that. 40-25, Ezra. Ezra for the putt, 40-25. And this Kenneth is why DeLapp, we – Kenneth DeLapp must be a rich Froning hater. He just conveniently picked the year immediately after he stopped participating as an individual. Uh, yes, not cool. Uh, 40-25, Ezra for the putt. Cool putt here, framed up with the trees. Unable to get it, though. Uh, did he hit a tree? Did he make it to the basket? No, he hit the band on the top. So oh, he, he hit his line, but he didn't have the right height. Yeah, that's incredible. Good job, Ezra. Uh, 40-50, ladies and gentlemen, I have never – this is uh, in the four tournaments that I've watched. This is the first time I've seen this. No, sorry, this isn't it. Must be after this. Go ahead and play this. This is uh, Anthony Barella. You're going to make your money, I feel like. Yep. And okay, I think it must be right after this. Okay, uh, unable to make. Here we go. This, this, this is far. it. Liam, that prevented him from having a good look. He's Ezra Holy Par. No. <laughs> that was I, the commentators for this sport are um <laughs> they're a little uptight they're wound tight that's what i'll say about the commentators to this sport they're good most they're of them have already played the course this day mm -hmm. and then they're waiting for the production team to put together something for them to watch in a studio late that night and then talk over it it, it makes for a long day for the for to play and do the commentary in the same day for the same tournament, especially when you're talking about doing it three or four days in a row, I think is an incredibly tiring week and weekend. And I give them a, I give them a lot of credit for that, but you know, that's part of the grind that some of these guys have to do to make it work financially because, you know, there's not a ton of prize money in the sport. There is some sponsorship opportunity, but um, if you can get a job as a commentator and you're also good enough to play in the tournament, then you can guarantee yourself a little income, you know, you know, every tournament, despite how well you may or may not do in the tournament itself. And I'm, I'm just saying that if like, if this was a legitimate show, like, in, like in like three or four years when we have a budget, we would clip that guy saying no. And that would become a part of our show forever. Like anytime someone, like we just saw something fucked up, but Caleb would push a button and would play that. No. I mean that was crazy. That I, I, I thought that guy was straight until I heard that. Uh, uh, Audrey from uh, Australia with her ass out likes his outfit. Yeah, he, and this guy has a great ass like you, Audrey. So I understand this guy's great ass, uh, great posture, does the shirt tucked in thing. Uh, but that is the shortest miss I've seen in professional disc golf. Forty fifty. Professional disc. No, yeah, right. right. <laughs> Good point. Sexist, sexist. Yeah, that is the uh, shortest I've seen miss I've seen in men's. If you have not seen the show where we played, uh, the one, <laughs> do we have that, Caleb? Well, let's play that at the end. Do, do we know where that's at? Mm, play that cool. the next time at seven goes to P. Yeah, yeah, I mean that is just crazy. Oh, you're in Tennessee. Oh shit! Wow. <laughs> I thought that girl was in Australia. <laughs> no. I hold this whole time. I thought she's. She went to this disc golf tournament. She's in the crowd, dude. She's she's um uh she, she's she texted been, me she's... from the tournament. She DM'd me. She goes, Brian, I'm here at the tournament. Well, I'm looking for you. Where are you? Audrey did. Yeah. 
What's crazy is this is the same Audrey that was in my birthday video? Yeah. Fuck. I always thought she was cantankerous and wild like that. I just pictured her work, like working on a kangaroo ranch with 30 dudes in Australia. People in Tennessee. I'm so, I, I just she's so she's she's like she's I just she hangs like a dude so I just figured she's Australian that's crazy all right well shit I learn shit every day I said Brian show me your hog and I'm at the tournament that's what I mean yeah oh I'm I know you're Aussie Trina yeah you and Audrey would be fucking great friends my god okay hole nine a uh, Barella off the tee forty two fifty seven. Oh, going into hole nine, Chris Dickerson is still bogey-free after three rounds. Barella, the big man, with the short shorts. Trying to get around this tree, finish back to the left. And we saw earlier that Simon didn't push it far enough and went for the skip play. Here, Anthony just went for the air shot, and you know he's got a massive forehand. So to throw a 400-foot forehand on just straight on hyzer, you have to have like 450 foot of distance, and there's just not that many players that can do that. Uh, Caleb, let's go to 44-30. Barella, after that incredible uh, throw off the tee, let's watch his putt on hole nine. Good reaction off the rim. <laughs> That, that's another. That's another great soundbite. Reaction and, off the rim. Yeah, <laughs> okay. some incredible reaction off the Cheerio. I mean the rim. Okay, uh, that's it for nine for the lead card. Yeah, for the lead card. So Kick tournament's still pretty tight. Uh, Dickerson did take a bogey on nine. He only played two under on the front side. So uh, the guys who are trailing him by one and two shots have kind of caught up at this point. And it's a really, really tightly packed field going into the final nine holes. Uh, glad we got that out of the way. Now, can I really move into Sevon's backyard since I'm in the same country as him? God, my boys would love it. If you moved into the backyard, we have a girl in the backyard. She lives back there. They would love to tell the kids at the skate park. You live in their backyard. Uh, chase card. We're in Antioch, Tennessee for the Nashville Music City Open. We're covering golf. No, it's not. We're not in Antioch, Tennessee. Maybe, uh, I guess. Final round, back nine. That means like the last nine holes. Mm -hmm. 18 minus nine, those ones. Starting with hole 10. Let's just start at 320. Calvin for the short putt. Birds galore. Calvin Hunter, well under par already. That's a bad miss. That's, you know, now we've seen Simon and Chris and now Calvin all miss a putt that, you know, if they look back at the end of this tournament and they have lost the tournament by one shot, they're going to think about that putt. Hole 11, 515, Simon <clears throat> Lazat. Currently. Wow, what place is in fifth? In fifth place. Simon is in fifth place. Very it's open deep. shot to begin with, but to push it up into the green here is pretty tough. A lot of players end up 30 feet short here. The fact that he skipped all the way up here and he's on like the 
you know, he's, he's in what they'd call the bullseye within 10 feet of the pin is pretty rare on this hole. Almost everyone has about a 30 foot putt after their tee shot here. Uh, five thirty-five, hole eleven, Calvin for the putt. And so here, he actually pushed deep on this hole, which is really unusual. Meaning off the tee, he went past the basket. Yeah, you and you don't really, you don't often see that. Uh, you, you mean on this specific hole, or yeah, on this hole, almost everyone. When I said everyone has like a thirty-foot putt, they're usually thirty feet short. They get caught up by the trees or the rocks at the entry to the green. Oh, it's not because they're afraid of going out of bounds in the back? No, it's just because there's a lot of um, trees and rocks at the entryway. Uh, hole 12, 745, uh, Simon Lazat off the tee. The reason why I choo- chose this is uh, maybe uh, Caleb will be kind enough to play the audio with this. Listen to the commentators here. It's the first time I've heard this ever mentioned um, in any of the uh, shows we've covered. A little bit different, maybe more of a a steep hyzer into the green or maybe a floaty anheuser. Simon got a little distraction from the crowd, I think. Able to reset very nicely. Uh, I haven't heard any talk about uh, the crowd, uh, any distractions up until now and all the shows we've watched. We had the car burning out. We had someone run across. We had a fucking someone get hit in the head with a, with the, but, but, what is that? Is that, a, is that, have you ever heard about that before? And, and what, what's the protocol there? The etiquette? I mean, there, you know, at, at the major tournaments like this, there's player, there's people in this crowd that are holding signs that say quiet, but sometimes, you know, someone doesn't, doesn't uh, adhere to that. And the players have to, you know, you have to make the decision. Are you going to, if, if you, if something distracts you as you're running up to throw your shot, are you going to be able to stop your shot, you know, in mid momentum, or are you just going to try to block it out and, and continue to execute Simon continued, you know, continued with his motion there and was able to throw an excellent drive on a pretty demanding tee shot. Uh, Eight fifteen, Simon uh, Lazat. There are people Into holding signs, huh? Mm-hmm. Quiet signs. Yeah. Right. I'm in big trouble. <laughs> so this is a similar shot to what we saw in hole five where, where you have to tuck it around a pretty tight, uh, corner to get it close to the basket and th- you want to get as close as you can because looking this way behind the basket there's ob and there's also a pond back there so that's one of the better upshots you'll see on this hole and simon's um throwing two excellent shots to get in that position uh uh nine uh heimberg at nine on the button nine minutes on the button calvin Vinny heimberg Okay, Austin maybe Turner. Austin, Austin Turner. <laughs> no, that's that's a bad miss, and that's a ten. That was a tentative putt. It's understandable considering what's behind the basket, but not what uh, you know. Now what he's looking for is he's trying to stay in contention to win this thing. God, Heimberg looks like, looks like a praying mantis there, doesn't he? Bit of the putting struggles yesterday, poking its head out a little bit today. Still on a solid round though. Four down. Hopefully. Ricky Wasaki, nine nineteen for the putt. <clears throat> I believe. Just uh, Nathan, how would you keep your balance on that downslope? Mm. Ricky got Nine. lucky there on his upshot. I mean, he cut it in too close, and he ended up in his favorable spot where he could still make the birdie. Most players, if you like, it's pretty difficult to end up where he is. There, you have to get pretty lucky through the trees. Uh, 949, 949, Simon. 
with the putt. Hole 12. And then just straight nose down the putt. Down by down by it's three. Been yeah. there. That's a nice shot there. Simon has a spin putt. So you know, you see how much you can kind of see how much spin he puts on that putt. And this is that was a really good view of it. And he's he's famous for that. He's probably the best spin putter in the world. Uh even with that birdie, he's uh Two, two. He's still in fifth place, and he's uh, two behind uh, Calvin Heimberg, even after making that. Yeah, and Calvin's not even the leader; he's only in second at this time. So, um, Ricky and Austin are kind of out of it, and and Simon's in like must execute mode, where if he wants to catch, you know, there's a few players ahead of him, and he has to basically make birdies on every hole. Uh, hole thirteen. Let's go to thirteen oh five. Simon with his second shot, pulling out the putter with a big crowd. That is a nice crowd shot there. This is a 616-foot par four, hole 13. Yeah, and pretty good shot. I mean, it's a it's a tough – it looks like an easy shot from there, but that tree is in the way. Obviously, you have to decide if you're going to go left or right and he chooses to bring it in from the his right side of the tr- – but it, the ground play was a little bit more than he'd want, and so he's got about a 20 to 25-footer there. He would probably expect to be within 10 to 15 on that shot more often than not. 13-25, Austin Turner with a 150-foot putt. Jump putt, and this is – I mean, there are players that can do this, but this is very, very difficult to jump putt this far. This is look at this ridiculous amount of jump putt power right here. He's about 150 feet, and he uh, he. And I mean, those guys pl- they play they, they're pro players as well, and they're even recognizes how recognizing how impressive that is. And it's not like he's throwing it super high; like he's getting power on that and holding a line and an angle for a majority of that. It's that was a really good shot. Wow! Let's look at this fucking comment right here. Uh, I want the second half of Brian's life. I don't even know what to think about that. That's, that's like it? one of the most powerful things I've ever tweet that shit. That is powerful. Wow. That's like Floyd 19. Uh, 1505. Ah, let's go to 14. Let's go to 14. I'm trying to rush it. Let's go to 14. Sorry. Let's go to 14. Let's go for Vinny for the putt. Vinny's winning. He's kicking Simon's ass. And uh, let's see uh, Heimberg for the putt. 14 minutes. Here we go. Not that more streak. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Hey, he looked away. How did he even know that it didn't go in? He looks away before it even. No, he saw. He did? And I think he. I think that he kind of knew. Um, those the We've seen now, I think, three or four times that high left side does is not catching the discs. So he knew that that was a miss that was more likely than not going to you know, just fall out to the left. Do you know why this is such a hard sport to watch? And I've talked about this before, but not in a while because the athleticism that we're used to seeing predominantly in all of sports is that you don't, you don't start your motion off your midline. Like it's, it's a core to extremity motion in this sport. Like they, they use as a, as a, as a governor, or as a regulator of, of, of power and velocity coming off your midline. And it's just, it's, it's, it's just hard to get used to, right? You would think that like you would just stay in your position and not twist as much, but no, they, they have all these weird leanings and angles and they do all of these things. It's just a bizarre form. 
It's just a bizarre form. Do you feel me on that? No. Uh, not. I mean, there are. I think you're Every, talking mostly about putting. Like when you're throwing. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, yeah, yeah. Like well, anything after. Like yeah, mostly the putting. Yeah, you're right. Mostly the putting. But even some say there's a, there's a lot of not full power shots or shots yeah. that, that, that they That's used to, to manage their power by. Um, but even if you're like, if you're throwing a touchy forehand shot, like I'm still bracing my core and getting a little bit of, you know, like that's where I'm establishing the control from. Right. And it's just like how, how aggressively I'm, I'm moving my arm and snapping my wrist and my fingers depends on how far I want it to go or what I want it to do in the air. Um, is this true? There is not a disc golf babe. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I mean, that means is there like a dude who's just a pussy magnet of all the, the dudes? I think um, <laughs> there is one. There is one. I uh, I'll have to think about that. I okay. I do think there are probably a, maybe Ezra. I don't. Know. I think Ezra's got his girl though out there. I want to say on one of the other shows I saw him kiss his girl. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we'll we'll find out. We'll we'll get back to you on that if there is a um there's if there's one. Okay, uh, fifteen oh five. Simon Lazat down two from Heimberg. Fifth place overall. He's down Pretty one at this point. He's, he's down one at this point oh, because Simon missed that putt on the last one. Oh, okay. And this shot right here. Wait, is this fifteen oh five? It's supposed to be off for. It's supposed to be the putt. This is that was fifteen oh five. Oh, but that's off the tee, isn't it? Yeah, it's fine. Oh, right. This shot right here to throw the shot that he wants to throw, it has to look like he's throwing it into that light green tree on the left. And it was, I mean, the, this looks like a bad shot. But it's a perfect shot, and that's and it was. Uh, it's kind of it's a tricky sh hole to shoot. I watched this hole many many times. It's a, and almost everyone, all the players that are trying that shot, I would say ninety percent of them are ending up deep and left of the pin, and Simon just pured the line. That was a touch shot with a high speed driver, and very very well done. Uh, all right, uh, that was hole thirteen. That was hole fourteen. Simon's and you know Simon's going to tap that in for a birdie there. Wait, that was hole fourteen. Yeah, look at the top right corner of the screen. You have two time codes for fifteen oh five. I have two hole fourteens. No, you have a fifteen oh five in hole thirteen and a fifteen oh five in hole fourteen. Thirteen and fourteen. Oh, that's a fucking mess already. That's okay, but. I think basically we're gonna we're gonna pause here and go back to the lead card for the for those holes ten through fourteen. Is that right? Uh, hold on. Uh, let me see. Do, let me see sixteen fifty. Ricky from fifty feet. What 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 hole is that? Okay, no, no. Let's let's finish. Sorry, sorry. Okay, you don't have to go that far. Okay. Uh, hold on one second. Uh, uh, fifteen forty eight. Ricky slips on a tree. We don't need that. Sixteen fifteen. Vinny uh, in the uh, bushes. We don't need that. Sixteen thirty. Oh, okay. Let's do that. Let's go to sixteen fifteen and and watch a Vinny have to tackle this hole after uh, getting himself in a precarious position. This is Heimberg at sixteen uh, fifteen off the tee. So he's going to try to throw the exact same shot as Simon here. So you want it wants to look like it's going towards that light tree, and you can see that it's immediately going too far left, and probably going to go too far, and that is the exact spot that a majority of the players end up in. And sixteen thirty, uh, Vinny for the what looks like it's a, uh, the long putt, extremely long. Good height offline, and I mean, I'd say more more players than not are going to take par from theirs, which is what Calvin's about to do. 
And mm-hmm. so with that miss and Simon being right up there close to the birdie, they're about to be tied. Uh, Ricky Wasaki in 10th place goes for a 50-foot putt. Getting to do or die time for Ricky. Yeah, for sure. And and when Ricky's in his top form, there's no – there's uh, other than maybe Gannon Burr at this point, there's really no other player that, that I would want to take a 50-foot putt. I mean, he drains these regularly. How the fuck are there so many pages? <laughs> you made them. I, I just can't believe that. I'm, we're supposed to be at the – we're supposed to be like – like winding up here the last three holes are we oh. kind of are oh. i don't understand what this page is something weird is going on here caleb do you see what's weird that's going on here um yeah i'm not really sure what's going on with it but i know it looks like we're alternating like you have it set up you yeah know, but you- look how it goes from hole Look how it goes from hole 14. Or are you going to show that last, uh, that uh, 1650 Ricky from 50 feet? Yeah, I can. Okay, cool. 1650 uh, Ricky from 50 feet. This is hole 14 still. Yeah, we got a problem. My notes. Let's see if we can. Great shot. Yep. He's and I mean, hope. Wow, it's fortunate to have a look here. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully that Ricky gets healthy this year and, and we get to see him contend in some big tournaments. And if that's the case, then we'll be seeing him make a lot of putts like that. He's very, very good at it. Uh, Simon Lazat, 1715, going for his fourth birdie, still in fifth place. Operators. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's just a tap into, and uh, and I mentioned it. I don't know a hole or two ago. Like, if Simon wants to win this thing, he's going to have to basically birdie every every hole, and he's just got four in a row right there. Calvin's got uh, two birdies and two pars, so he chipped two strokes away from Calvin. But there's other guys that are that are still playing really hot as well. Uh, I want to go back to oh shit. Okay, well, I guess we can skip all that. So basically, I think on this next sheet, we just go up to a hole 14 with Gannon and Barella and Dickerson. Are you cool okay. with that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, guys, we're going to, this next hole you're going to see. Uh, so that was the lead card right there, right? No, that, that was, was chase, chase card. card. That was chase yeah. card. Uh, we're going to see how the, uh, we're going to go to hole 14 and see how the uh, lead card is doing. Lead card is doing. Thank you. That's going to get confusing for me. I got you. Thank you. Hole 14, par 3, 375 feet. Uh, let's go look at Gannon at 1619. Um, off the tee. These guys really are impressive, though. The fact that they put these shows together really is impressive. It's a shit ton of work. <clears throat> so same hole that we saw here. We know what we want to see this disc doing, going towards the, the light set of trees on the left. Most people pull it too far to the left. Uh, Paul McBeth finished 25th in this tournament, so we're not going to get to see him. This looks pretty good to me. It looks bad, but it's gonna. It should end up good. I think uh, he might have got it a little too high though, and he caught the got the trees, even though the line was good. Uh, Seventeen twenty eight Gannon for the birdie par three. So this will be Gannon's second shot. Seventeen twenty eight. 
Yep. So this is where we got caught up. And I mean, this is really difficult. Unlikely to make this, but he doesn't even give it a run. He just is uh, kind of accepting a par here. Uh, Anthony uh, Barella also putting hole 14, 1750. Ooh, so that was for birdie? I think so. And that's uh now we can add Anthony Brella to the list. You know, he's expecting to make that for sure. And we've seen pretty much every player who's in contention miss at least one of these today. Like I said, if you end up losing by one stroke in this tournament, which is probably gonna happen considering how close it is, whether it's regulation or a playoff, uh a putt like that is gonna come come back to haunt you that night. What channel is this on? The home shopping network? Fair question. A uh, wad zombie is it weird to talk about Ricky getting healthy and it not be about CrossFit? Also, uh, a good point. I think I saw that earlier. Um, uh, Melissa, oh fuck, 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 fuck. That hurts. I never even thought of that. That's fucked up. Uh, Melissa, here, uh, did Sevon go for Craig Ritchie hairdo? Son of a bitch. <laughs> Shut it, Caleb. That hurt. That actually does. That actually. I can I feel, see the next. Uh, I can see the next thumbnail right now. I can actually. I can. <laughs> I hope Bruce <laughs> winning. I can. Usually when I say that, I don't mean it, but I can actually feel my face like getting a little warm with that comment. Uh, Eighteen. Gannon Burr for the putt. Stay focused, people. Eighteen minutes. Gannon Burr for the putt. Look, Abrella won't even move. What a douche. Beat it. Yeah, so this upshot was a little longer than he would like. It's kind of his MO. It it, it is. But for- Notice the long shadows the trees are creating as the sun filters through the maples of Nashville. Hole 15. Those are oaks. Oh, oaks. Thank you. No, I don't I have no idea. I don't a whole 15 uh, still with the lead card. Seven. We will be going back to the chase card very shortly to look at their whole 15. Whole 15 lead card, 777 uh, feet, par four, out of bounds on the entire right side. Play it smart, boys. Simon Lazat's winning is... going into this hole within minus 21. No. Oh, okay. Uh, this is a really difficult hole. Getting a birdie on this hole will separate you from the rest of the uh, of the contenders. Okay, good, good point. Okay, uh, twenty fifteen, Barella throws a bomb off the tee. Yeah, that shot right there. A lot of players try that and don't have the distance for it. And so many of them end up out of bounds. Some of them end up caught in those trees inbounds with an awkward stance. But like I said, at hole one, Anthony Brella, one of the farthest throwers of the discs on the tour, and he's able to throw a shot there that everyone wishes they had, but they don't have. <laughs> whatever channel they show Tyson Bajan's football games on. Oh, my God. It's just drawings. It's just stick drawings. Man, this crowd is tough. Uh, what are you doing Monday? Nothing. I'm going to get stoned and just fucking destroy Caleb, Brian, and Sevon when they try to do a golf show. <laughs> uh, 
21-32 after that fantastic shot by Anthony uh, Barella. He goes for his second shot, 21-32. Well, thank you. Thank you. You put me down, and then fucking give me some advice on how to handle it. I appreciate it. Pretty good shot there. Um, not, you know, a lot of players end up in the trees over there on the left. He ends up in an open spot, but a little bit short. 35 footer, footer if he wants to make the birdie there. He's coming off a miss putt of a little bit shorter than that. So we'll see. Uh, 22 35. We are running out of time, people. Uh, Burrell, we're on hole 15. Anthony Barella has to make this putt. He's in fourth place, tied for fourth. Very difficult for him. What do you mean? It's right in Anthony front of him. Don't be a pussy. He's got to make this with Gannon at 20. Oh, that missed by maybe a half an inch. I mean, hit the band and the chains, and sometimes those go in, and that just wasn't good enough. Hole 15. People be making birdies on this like it's nothing. 28 birdies on this hole during on this hole competition. 15? I don't know. That's what I have in my notes. You think that's wrong again? I think my shit's wrong. I've said a bunch of wrong shit today. Well, I'll tell you this. Of the top, of the players who finished in the top 10 for this tournament, only three of them birdied. I have my, I have, oh, really? Yeah. So I got my, okay. Uh, there might have been at, a lot of birdies further down the leaderboard, but the top players were not birdieing this hole. Most of them. I, I have my own, you trained us to be this way. I have my own AI that just abuses me. It's awesome. But it's, just, but it's real people. Uh, okay. Um, let's go back over to the chase card. Hole 15, still 777 feet. Nothing's changed. Par 4. Let's watch Simon Lazat and crew play this same hole that we just saw Barella miss a must putt on. Uh, the only hole in the back nine that plays over par. What does that mean, Brian? That means that... Uh... That more players made bogey than birdie on this hole. Oh, shit. Okay. So it's a tough hole. It's a very tough hole. So that other... The tee shot is extremely demanding. The upshot is extremely demanding. And Maybe it was 28 birdies on this hole, at this or bogeys. God, look at that. I mean, What a mess my notes are. I apologize. You expect better from me, I know. Okay. 18-15, uh, 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 Simon off the tee. Look at him. He almost looks normal. 38 players made bogey or worse on this hole that day. Okay. So he's going for a more conservative shot. He throws it far, but he knows he doesn't have the shot that Anthony Barella throws, but it's a demanding line. And he lands in the optimal, you know, in the landing zone that players would take if, you know, if they can't do what Anthony did. Let's watch that one more time and let's watch it with audio. And I want you to listen to the, what the commentators say here and then tell me what you think that I glommed onto here we go around two clusters of trees here full power send but willing to go left if necessary rather than hanging at right ob catches the second cluster but still in a fine position yeah oh he didn't even say it uh what i thought he was gonna say anyway uh, i noticed that sometimes they tell you what what brand of disc they're using and i'm wondering in golf do they do that when the guys are swinging with the clubs they'll be like oh well that's a blah 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 i mean i know they'll be like that's a three wood or a seven wood or whatever the woods are but here they actually tell you the brand of the uh disc 
Is that because the plastics are so different? And I know that just from playing uh, just, oh. you know, ultimate Frisbee type golf, frisbee, uh, beach beach Frisbee, the, the discs are different. Discraft is the best. The yeah, but I mean. And a Nova is not the best. It's a really hard, shitty disc for, for uh, beach, beach Frisbee. <laughs> um, now, they could be talking about the brand of disc, the, the plastic that's being used or the, you know, the name of the disc. So they could say something like that's an Innova star destroyer. Yeah. That, or you might have an in a champion destroyer. So in the middle word is the plastic that they're describing, but I don't, you know, they didn't, we didn't hear them say it there. So I'm not really sure. Okay. Um, 2120 Vinny Calvin Heimberg, a must make putt situation. Francis leaves himself a much longer par putt than you want. I mean, he says that, but like, this is a tough hole. You'll take yeah. this here. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, but I mean, that's for par. He would want that putt for birdie. Do, do any of these guys openly play stoned? <sighs> Not that I know of. Uh, I'm surprised none of them have like a, uh, like a CBD weed, like Snoop Dogg type sponsor. Mike Tyson's weed. Like homegrown relief? Yeah. What is that? Is that a jar of weed? No. CBD? It's muscle solve and joint. Muscle and joint solve. Oh, maybe I need that for my bicep and my back. God, I woke up stiff this morning. Uh, tw- Clip that. Uh, tw- 22-11. Uh, Simon sets it in the basket and takes the lead by one. Yeah, and his best shot on this hole, you didn't use the one shot you chose not to show, which was his upshot. He put this, he put, I mean, you see how close it is there, spiking it in the ground. And I don't, I don't really remember seeing another player throw a second shot that was that good on this hole. Um, and he is does. Is that the one that sticks in the mud? It is. It's stuck in the ground right there next to Ricky's right foot. It's, that's called a tombstone when it just comes in like that and, and doesn't go anywhere. God, um, I, I I remember seeing that on both the lead card and chase card videos, and marking that. How the fuck did I not show that? There's that probably inc- there, it's probably coming on the next hole too, hole sixteen. Okay, it was an incredible shot. But this was yeah, that was a great shot. And like I said, of uh, of the top seven players by the end of the tournament, Simon was the only one who birdied this hole. Okay, so I haven't heard that. I heard them using that term. I didn't get it. Tombstone when the frisbee just goes in and lands. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's- sticking up out of the ground. Okay. I threw uh, one today. You did. I did. Muddy course. There's a muddy spot on the course, and I threw uh, a, a really high spiking shot. Hole sixteen. Back to the chase card. No, back to the lead card. Par three, three hundred and five feet. So this is the one where if you're able to uh, make a birdie, you can win a guitar. I mean, if you're able to make a hole in one. Oh, it was just on this hole. Hole 16. Okay. Yeah. It was like a bounty on the hole. You know, as long as they have that at golf tournaments where you say hole in one, you win a car. Here was hole in one and you win a, a guitar. Okay. And there's nothing really to see here. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Let, well, so here we go. So let's, let's watch. Uh, wait, what, what the fuck? Okay. This here is, it is. I don't think this, this is, is the right hole. So this is what happened. This is not the right hole. Oh, whatever. This is what happened. They're showing Simon hmm. from the chase card. Mm-hmm. On That's the fine. lead card footage. So oh, this yeah. is the this is the shot that uh, Brian was talking about. Let's give it a look. This is hole seventeen. This is yeah. Yes. So okay. it's totally yes. fine. Yes. Okay. And this shot that Simon's about to throw, 
I didn't see any other players trying this shot uh, in this tournament. Everyone else is tr- either is throwing a forehand that's going straight at the opening and trying to finish to the right, or they're throwing a turnover backhand that's trying to fade slowly to the right. But he's going to do something different. 17 has the lead. What can he do? All that green. With the he's lead. throwing a, a really aggressive oh, spike hyzer over the trees. And it, there it is. He tombstones it right into the ground about 12 feet from the basket. And it's and I, and I, he did this every round. He didn't have the same result every round. But I was just really surprised that there weren't any other players trying this because a lot of players threw their tee shots out of bounds on this hole. Uh, great shot. Okay, so let's go back to uh, hole 16, by the way. Let's look at uh, Gannon off the tee, 2440. And then we will come back to that throw right there from the chase card uh, coverage. Uh, 2450, Gannon off the tee. And at this point in the tournament, the players that are still in contention to win are um, Simon Lazat, Gannon Burr, Calvin Heimring, Anthony Barella, and Chris Dickerson. So it's still five players that could potentially win this thing. Imagine that, Simon taking a different line. Oh, look at Sean, you dickhead. Sean, Sean knows his stuff. No, he's Simon he's... lines is like a, a, a real thing. Oh, it is? Yeah. I mean, when if, if you're going out and playing with your buddies and you guys have any idea what's going on in a disc golf course and you kind of look and you're like, oh, dude, look at that line up there, someone will say, oh, yeah, that's a Simon line. Wow. Okay. There's actually a, a video uh, that Simon Lazad and Paul Macbeth made where um, Paul Macbeth has to throw a Simon line on every hole and Simon has to throw a, like a, a Paul line, which is like the more like, you know, pre- predictable one. Oh, it's awesome. All right, Sean, I apologize. Maybe you do know your shit. Okay, here we go. Hole 16. Gannon Burr. This is the one where you could win the guitar. And this is a... There's a million different ways to play this hole. Um, and a lot of... a lot. Like I said, a lot of people came close to acing it. I really so is that hole 17 or is that hole 16? This is 16. The okay. shot that, you showed, that we saw of Simon was on hole 17. And remember, okay. Simon's playing one card ahead of these guys. Okay. So while they're playing 16 and there are 20 other, Simon's already at 21 under, and he's playing hole 17, and he's right in position for birdie there too. Uh, so Gannon doesn't get the hole in one. Anthony also throws one off the tee, doesn't get the hole in one. Let's go to hole. Why does it go straight to hole 18? <clears throat> oh, Houston, we have a problem. Let's try it. Let's try to let's go to hole 18. Oh. Oh, this is a mess. I I apologize. What is going on with these notes? Something got. I mean, really I can tell up. you. You know. Okay, are they showing Simon playing? They're showing Simon playing hole eighteen. This is great. Okay. Is is, is this is this a twenty six twenty eight? Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is Simon's tee shot on hole eighteen. He's he has up to this point he's birdied holes 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and seventeen in so he's birdied seven holes in a row and now he's coming up to the last hole. Oh man, something's not right here. It's how fine. do we go? How do we go back to hole seven? Oh, I know why. Because they're showing him again. Gotcha. It's totally fine. Okay. Okay. This is like in real time. Simon's playing this hole eighteen before those other guys are playing hole seventeen. Okay, so they're they're showing footage that they shouldn't be showing. Uh, they have permission from GK Pro to show it. Okay. Here we go. Simon Lazat from the Chase Card. Mm-hmm. 
and not uh, that's not the line that everyone will take, but he puts himself in a position where he does have an upshot to the basket, which we're going to see right now. Uh, actually, we'll come back to it. No, Let no, me no, just let's show it. I don't think they do show it, actually. Okay, let's see. He's basically thinking to himself right now, like, this shot is, is to give me a chance to win this tournament. Oh, shit, they do show it. You're right. And he sh throws a shot that was really reminiscent to the upshot we saw at the beginning of the round, and that's the best upshot I've seen on this whole all tournament. Upshot uh, meaning it's uphill? No, it's his approach to the to the basket. Not, um, Wait, why do they call it an upshot if it's not uphill? Just like the second shot on a par four is just called an upshot. I don't oh, know. all right. But he so he taps that in for eight birdies in a row to end the round. And uh, you know, I had said you know when he was in fifth place in holes 11, 12, 13, that he was basically going to need to birdie out to have a chance. He did that, and so he's put himself in a position to potentially win this thing. But Gannon Burr and Anthony Barella are still charging hard from the card behind them. And let me show you this. I, I, I do want to show you this uh, hole 17. It's a par 3, 355 feet uh, from the lead card. Yeah. Check this out. Uh, this is uh, – let, let's let's go through all these real quick. We'll do it really quick. It's worth it, I think. 2830, Gannon, Gannon Burr off the tee. Yeah, we no, we got to do these. I mean, Gannon, okay. Gannon and – and Anthony Barella still can win this thing, like that, without a doubt. Uh, what's Gannon at? He's at 21 under right now, so he just has to birdie the last two holes. Simon just did it, and Gannon will think he certainly can too. Okay, here we go. 28 30, Gannon off the tee. Huge shot here. Very, Gannon. very big shot. And this is the line, the forehand line that most of the players take. He's got it on a good angle, he got it around the corner, and it takes a really unusual reaction there and skips hard and out of bounds. When he gets up to the green, he realizes that there used to be a tee pad in that spot. And so the ground was, is a lot harder than pretty much anywhere else. And it skipped off of that hard ground and went out of bounds. But I would just say that he needed to throw that a little bit deeper and get it a little bit higher up the hill and he would have been just fine. So tough shot. Not, not a good time to go out of bounds. 29-17, hole 17, Anthony Barella. Can he get an ace off the tee? It's possible. That, that out-of-bounds shot from Gannon Burr basically takes him out of it. He'll have to eagle 18 now to have any chance. Totally possible to ace this shot, right? Yeah, for sure. Also going for the forehand line here, AB. Gets it out wide enough. Let's just see what happens on the ground play. And his basically just sticks in the ground and stays, which is what Gannon obviously would have been hoping for. And, uh, Caleb, if you keep playing this out, they'll do a tracker shot so we can actually see how close he gets to a uh, to a hole-in-one here. Yeah, the follow flight technology is very cool. We haven't watched a lot of it on the coverage that we've done of these, but, um, yeah, you see that there. It was uh, really, really a good shot. And he was at 20 under par, so he's going to have a tap-in to get to 21 under par, meaning that he also will need to get a two on the last hole now to – to match Simon. And we will now watch a series of three shots that are probably the most painful thing I've seen in Frisbee golf. Uh, 29 50 Ezra Adderhold, man, this is, uh, this is tough. What you're about to see here. Here we go. Ezra 29 50. You don't want to see anyone get done like that. So the fact that he's throwing from there means he's already gone out of bounds once. 
And now he throws this shot, and it gets caught up in that tree. 30-10 for the putt after getting caught in the tree Brian just mentioned. This is for a four, which would be a bogey. It's a band and rolls. And the only good thing is that it didn't keep rolling and go out of bounds, but he's further away than he was in his previous putt. And now he's putting for a double bogey. God, that's brutal. That's That's got to be hard to keep your head in the game when you throw it and it rolls back further than you were before. It happens. I mean, we will see it happen again for sure. And then he, he just misses barely high left side chains. And so he's going to take a triple bogey here. Now, this is Gannon putting for a par. And he needs to make this to have any chance at matching Simon. If he makes this, he can still get a two on 18 to force a playoff. Be a triple bogey for Ezra. But really, this is the important one. And that's, I mean, I would say that's one of the worst putts I've seen from from Gannon Burr. He's usually as dependable as you can be from that range. I've never seen a triple bogey, by the way, in the chase card or the lead card. That's the first time in four four shows we've covered. Yeah. Okay, uh, Ezra needed a birdie. And you will see more, I can guarantee you that. Yeah? Yeah, once we get to – there's a course called Northwood Black. In, in, it's in Illinois, actually. And when we get to that tournament, we'll see some uh, scores worse than that, even from the best players. Uh, back to the uh, chase card for our final uh, holes, 16, 17, 18. No, no, no. We'll just, just, just go to hole 18 lead card. We already know what Simon did on those holes. Perfect. all of them. So we're just going to go to the last uh, to hole 18, and the only player that's left at this point because Gannon missed that putt that can, that can match Simon is Anthony Barella. So we need to see what he does on 18. Okay. Uh, Lazat minus 23 going into hole 18, 723 feet, par 4. 32-30. Anthony Barella goes for the big throw off the tee. And remember, we've been talking about Anthony Barella as being the... What is this? This is a hole number six. We need to go. I gave you the wrong link. Mm, hold on. We need to go to the back nine. But um, I could have easily given you the wrong link, Caleb. I was going back and forth, back and forth. It should have been that same one we were just on. But anyway, um, you know, we've been talking throughout this round that Anthony has the, uh, you know, the, one of the biggest arms in the game. And then hole 18, you're going to need two, two big shots that, you know, if you're going to throw it in. So here we go. CST shot. And I'm just going to tell you right now, this is absolutely smashed. This is a full send. This is everything he got. He gets a full flex out of this. This is going uphill, and he no one else is up there. No one else is throwing the disc up there. But he needed to be about 15 more feet to have an, the up the shot that he would want to have into the green to have a chance for two. Instead, what we're about to see with his second shot is that there is a line, but it's a very demanding line. Uh, do you want to watch uh, Gannon off the tee, 32.50? No. Okay, 34.06, Barella goes for it. Yeah, so he's... Please play the audio. Yeah, he's got to make it. That was huge. All right, He's got to throw this forehand, and he's got to go through some trees that are about halfway of the way up there. Oh, look at that. Oh, my gosh. What a great angle of the gap. He thought he had it. I think they show... Do they show the reverse angle of that? They do. We'll get a slow-mo up coming up next. 
Oh, we gotta have a replay. Yes. Oh, totally. What this a really shot. good from this line, so you can see. He gets it through the gap, oh. and it's at the. It's basically at the right height. It just comes up a little short. I mean, that's a one in a hundred that you're gonna make that. Maybe maybe one in a thousand. But the fact that he gave it that good of an effort at that point in the tournament is very commendable. Uh, and then 34-35, Varela putts uh, for an attempt at second place, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 34-45, uh, sorry. Uh, he needs to make this putt to uh, secure second place. And there's Chris the Dickerson, tournament. and he just had a bad round. You know, He had shot, I think, 8-under, eight 8-under eight on the previous two rounds. He only shot 5-under today, and some other guys played hot, and he ended up finishing tied for third. He still has never had a finish worse than, I think, sixth in all of his appearances here, and he's won four out of seven that he's played. So he was in it, but these guys just played better. Just couldn't get in the basket. And that right there means that that putt for Anthony is for solo second. And this is what else. I mean, we saw all of those guys miss a, miss a putt at some point in the tournament. For Anthony Barella, he ends up being the guy who loses by one shot and knows that there's one or two putts that he left out there that he should be making. When I was watching this tournament, I was really – a part of me was really pulling for Anthony because, you know, he was the up-and-coming hot shot. He was, in 2015, he was touring with Paul McBeth, touring with Nate Sexton. He had, like, the best mentors you could hope for. He already had sponsorships. His ceiling is as high as it could be. And I think that for the, I mean, as competitive as everything is, there's still a, a, there's still a difference between someone who's in it to win, like in the mix to win, and there's someone who has actually pulled off a win at one of these events. And I thought if Anthony was able to win this one, that it would be really good for his confidence and really good for the overall competitive landscape of the field, because everyone knows he's a threat. But until he wins one of these, he is he really a threat? Like you know, he's not like Gannon Burr, who's three years younger but already has a couple wins under his belt at big tournaments at majors and um so obviously it's a great tournament for him but i'm really looking forward to the day that anthony barella finally pulls off a win at one of these things when was the last time simon won attorney yeah so we should i mean it'd be you know simon ends up winning this thing and it's actually you know, Simon Lazat in and of himself is a storyline in disc golf. Last year, he won three three PDGA disc golf oh. tour stop. I think he was the only person to do that last year. He won them all in pretty dramatic and, and you know, very entertaining fashion. But he switched disc companies this offseason. And I told my brother at the start of the year, I was like, I think Simon will be in some tournaments, but I'm not sure he's going to win one this year. The, the field is really deep, and as good as he is, like, it's just difficult to acclimate to a new bag well enough to execute everything that's required to win these tournaments. And look, to do it, he had a birdie the last eight holes in a row. But he did that, and it's incredible. And Simon, I would, I think Simon probably has more fans and more supporters than anyone. I mean, he certainly... Wow, really? Yeah, he certainly has the, like, <clears throat> the least amount of people that don't like him. I don't think anyone doesn't like Simon. Like he is, If you watch any of his YouTube videos, he's just extremely good on camera. He throws incredibly entertaining shots. He's genuine. He like he, he really respects the game. He really respects the people. He really respects his competitors. You never get a sense of arrogance from this guy, no matter how good he is. Um, you know, I, I I don't necessarily root for him to win every tournament. I've never been bummed about the fact that Simon won a tournament. It's always fun to watch him win. Awesome. Well, that's good to go. That's good that they have a guy like that. Uh, all right. Uh, if you actually scroll up to the top middle section there, when he's sitting on a table in red. This is this is him finding out that he wins the tournament. I think like this is the moment. 
you set the course record, make a chase card, come back and become the Music City Open champion. And they got a couple pictures here. And that's his caddy, Nick Carl. And then that was the trophy at that tournament. That's a real Gibson guitar, probably two, $3,000 of uh, guitar. And Simon, by the way, is a good guitar player. In fact, he's when he got it there on the course, he was playing a little bit. And he said, he goes, man, it's too bad you guys don't have an amp. I would, I would play something right now. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, uh, I, I just want to say sorry that uh, some of the technical issues on this show, totally my fault, had nothing to do with Brian. My notes were a fucking shit show. They were a disaster. We tried something new, going back and forth between the cards. I didn't get it uh, spot on. Caleb and Brian did perfect. Um, my but we do. Sucked. Sorry. We do. You did great. We do have another. A. Uh, we do have another. Uh, I just another tournament. Say, go ahead. You know, go ahead. So I'm sorry we were a couple weeks late on this. I had some stuff going on that made it you know difficult for me to do that. But I did really want to get this one in. I do think that it is, you know really really important that simon wins this tournament it sets the precedent for the rest of the season you know you got calvin heimberg you got gannon burr and now you have simon lazada and i feel like these three guys are the guys that coming into every tournament you, you have to respect them as legitimate chances to win there'll be other guys that emerge throughout the year but at least those three are solid you know contenders in pretty much everything that they show up for and uh we know, like we talked about, the first major of the year ended actually today, and we'll be having a show on it in a couple of days, um, and we'll see. Uh, Where was that? Where was the major that happened today? Georgia. Georgia, okay. Yeah, they're in the little southeast swing right now. Okay, not tomorrow night, but probably uh, Wednesday night, I think is what we're shooting for. Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, yeah. oh right, right. Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay. okay. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Caleb. Uh, and we... Back. We will see you guys tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Uh, also uh, on Tuesday morning, uh, Rebecca Fuslier, the hyper-charismatic. Uh, and then on uh, – what day is it? Wednesday? Thursday? No, Wednesday. And then on Wednesday on the 26th, we have Chris Cooper coming to answer any questions, a 7 a.m. show. There will be a live call-in show if you are an affiliate owner, if you know any affiliate owners. Uh, that's going to be a good show to listen to. If you're interested in just business in general. Uh, the guy's a wealth of knowledge. He's also the owner of Two Brain Business, the largest gym consulting chain in the world. Okay. And I think he still employs our former compatriot on the on the. Oh podcast. yeah, yeah. Mike Warkington's a bit. Yeah, Mike Warkington's a big wig over there. Yep. It did one of our uh, one of the first few podcasts that Brian and I did together. Shows we did together. Mike Warkington was a part of them. We did no all all of them. All the ones in Albany and all the ones in Del Mar. All of them, he says. He even did the one with me that you bailed on me for. Oh, that, that's it makes him even cooler. Eric Utley, a good show. Back to installing my new rogue, rogue wall mount weight rack. Oh, please send me pictures. That's cool. Seems a little late at night to be doing that, but okay. <laughs> Bye-bye.